What up, what up, what up? Happy Friday, brother. How you doing? Blessed. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Yes, it's been a very, very, uh, I guess, difficult day, I guess you could say. A lot going on, a lot going on. Um, we're going to get to a lot today, too. We want to welcome everybody into the room. My voice has been kind of hoarse, so, you know, people probably are hearing that off top. But, shit, one monkey don't stop no show, right? Uh, the quota pity mob album without CeeLo. <laughs> Shout out to Terminator 2 in the building. Uh, Nas the Goats in the building said peace, kings. Peace to you guys as well. Hit that thumbs up in the chat so we can go ahead and get more and more people in here. We got to talk about this A-Ball, MJG, UGK versus. Yes. Happy Friday to everybody. Somebody said, finally, I am on time. Appreciate you, Shamario Patterson. What up, L. Bugs? Man, we got people coming in here quick. Bugs. All right. First things first, man. You know, today is May 27th. And it's one of those few days where we have a powerhouse duo of birthdays. Is that right? Jadakiss and Andre 3000 were born on the same exact day. Both guys turning 47 years old today. It's remarkable, isn't it? It's remarkable. And actually, yesterday, I think in the same year, I believe the same year, Lauren Hill turned 47 as well. So, in a two-day span, you had the birth of Lauren Hill, Jadakiss, and Andre 3000. That could be three of your top ten. I wouldn't be mad at you. It's, it's very possible. Actually, I would be mad at you about one. But, but yeah, I'm just saying, like, like it's three like, of the best people I've ever heard rhyme. I want to oh, yeah, ask... Yeah. Huh? These are three. These are three of the best MCs ever. Oh, straight up, just like if we're Easy. talking about in a vacuum without having to qualify things or whatever, we're just talking about spitting. So, all right, I want to start with Lauren. Then, okay. what's your favorite Lauren Hill verse? Ooh, I think that "How Many Mics" verse is pretty special. Okay, you always talk about that one. That's a special. Yeah. But I mean, she it's that that's what's crazy about her is that she has a lot and hasn't done a lot. Cause I was thinking, like, well, that <clears> first <throat> verse on Lost Ones, it's funny how money changes situation. Miscommunication leads to complication. Mm. Emancipation don't fit your equation. <laughs> I think she took her rhyming if it's if it's possible. She took her rhyming to the next level on her solo album. She did. I was actually thinking. Yeah. The uh, the um the second and third versus the final hour on the miseducation. Yeah, she went crazy on the final hour. The the verse on Guantanamera. Iniquity gets me. Iniquity. Yeah. And even though that's an unplugged or whatever, and it's like no, once again, that's, that's, you can yeah. hear her getting even better. Yeah. A man there with the super chat says, "Did y'all hear the DJ Mugs featuring Method Man and Slick Rick? Metropolitans is fire." Also, Brandy body whack Carlo on his own track. Bum B held it down for Pimp. Yes, he did. And yes, Brandy did body Jack Carlo. You know, oh, let me get to this Mad, uh, Mad Max Super Chat. He says, I'm laughing my ass off, Mike. You're going to stop your disrespect of Steph Curry now, bro. Six finals in eight years. It is incredible. You know what? I owe everybody an apology out there. Yes. Golden State pulled it off. I think Wiggins did an incredible job on Luka on both ends. Steph Curry played his role. I think it was a team effort. 
But we got one more step to go, guys. Y'all think that he's going to get the finals MVP? There's a couple things. So, yes, there are six finals appearances. Zero finals really, MVPs. But 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 what what really – and here's why that looms. There's two reasons why that looms the way it does. It's just like it's six finals. But, I mean, first of all, you know how playoff Rondo is real? Game six clay is just as real, <laughs> if not really. Game six clay is a real thing. Like, that's a real, real thing. Game six clay is a real thing. Like, that's a real thing. And so were those three years with Kevin Durant, where Kevin Durant was clearly the best player on a all-time great team. I and didn't so, even know we were going to go here today. Well, I mean, the only thing but, it's really going to do for, for detractors is for him not only to win finals MVP, but to win it in all-time great player fa- fashion. He needs to have a Kevin Durant, LeBron, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan type of finals performances. Says, oh, yeah, there, there go that dude. There go do that you, dude. Listen, do you pick him over any Thomas. of those guys? Like, would you pick him over Hakeem Olajuwon? Would you pick him over Kobe Bryant? Would you pick him over Dwayne Wade? I would take him over Wade. Would you? But not in, but not in the playoffs. I would take him. I would take him in the regular season over Wade. No, if I'm going in the playoffs, give me Wade. It's no question. Yeah, yeah. If it's the playoffs, give me Wade. For what Wade can do on the defensive end, we've seen Wade in the clutch too. No, Wade. Wade I wasn't even that big of a Wade fan when he was playing like that. I was a big Wade fan, but Wade hit playoff game winning shots as a rookie before Shaq was there. Yeah, straight up. Wade is ice cold. Wade you, is ice cold. He's he's just as cold as Kobe or Mike is in playoff time. But you know he's who the ice cold person on Golden State is? It's Jordan Poole. He has no fear. No, no, it's game six, Clay. I'm trying to tell you. Well, I mean, we talking Clay. about one game. If you need a shot in any game, they're going to Jordan Poole. You can Yo, see his, his game six catalog look like Biggie's remixes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Max says, no, he's not getting the finals MVP. I got the Celtics taking it all. Steph is going to end his career as the third best point guard after Magic and Isaiah. Yes. Why do yeah. y'all disrespect John Stockton like that? I just want to know. Like, I just want to know if, let's just say, John Stockton was uh, was a black point guard with records that will never be touched. Would we disregard him in this manner? I just want to know. Because no one's going to catch his assists or steals record. Like, it's not going to happen. How many NBA finals did John Stockton play in? He played in two. He lost to Michael Jordan. Steph would have lost to those guys, too. How many scoring titles does John Stockton Does Steph have a scoring title? Yeah, he has one. He has one? Has Steph ever led the league in assists and steals? He's been top five in both categories, I believe. Has he ever led the league in assists and steals? You said scoring titles, so I'm just saying. No, 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 he hasn't. And the fact that... Stockton played with the guy who was getting scoring titles on his team, and he's the point guard. I mean, we're talking about what the position entails, right? Now, if you want to talk about best players in a vacuum that played the point guard position, yeah. But if we want to talk about what the what the actual position entails, I'm going Stockton a kid over Steph as a point guard. Okay, if you want to have this whole pure point guard conversation thing, okay, so people like Mark Jackson need to get elevated in the conversation if that's the case. Like he people should. like Mark Jackson need to get elevated if that's the question, if that's the case. <laughs> and and he would still, if that's the case, you would have to put Steph behind uh, 
That, and that's why it's kind of unfair when you say that, Mike, because there's the people you would have to put in behind if you're just talking like that pure point guard, like floor general. You'd have to put him behind CP3. And I only you'd say this. Put, hold on. You'd have to put him behind CP3, Steve Nash, Gary Payton, Jason Kidd, John Stockton. That's a lot of guys. But see, this guys is, are better. But cool, up I know it doesn't sound right because people are Steph fans, but he's not even the point guard on this team. Draymond is. We're not even talking about Magic or Isaiah. They're in another. They're in another. I'm just saying, like all the guys that you named, they were actually the point guards for their team. They didn't have a Draymond Green on the team running the point, basically. Nas the Goat says Steph has already passed Isaiah. Stop it, please. You better stop that. <laughs> See, I mean, this I, is what happens. Magic what happens. Jo- Are you understand that this dude is about our height and he used to bust Magic Johnson and Larry Bird's ass? Like, no. Mad stop. Max says, LOL, no disrespect to John Stockton, but I got Jason Kidd over him just off of what they bring to the floor. And Steph led the league in steals, I think, twice. No, Four years ago. All right, listen, guys. Like I said, Draymond's the actual point guard of that team, but y'all talking about having him all time on point guards. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to see if any of them played with like any other guys that were like good setup guys. Nothing like that. I I mean, when they break down the film, they show how Draymond's running the offense. I mean, let me ask the Steph fans that: Is Draymond running the offense or not? I mean, Joe Dumars used to bring the ball up the court sometime now. Mike, how you feel about Isaiah? Joe Dumars could slide over and run the point and let Isaiah be a little two-ish if he got hot. You know what well, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would switch off, man, because both of yeah, them kind of... They're interchangeable. Yeah, right? they were interchangeable in that way. But Draymond's the, the three. Okay. <clears throat> Here's what I tell people. that Hold on. Who said Steph was better than uh, Isaiah? Isaiah had a season where Nas he had one points and 14 assists. Be quiet. He had a season <laughs> like that. That actually happened one day. That happened for a whole season. Isaiah Thomas averaged 21 points and 14 assists. Be quiet. Okay. Steph will never be Dutton's. No, he'll never be even anything close to that as a point guard and a score at the same time. He's not better than Isaiah. Nas the GOAT says Warriors don't go uh, to six finals without Steph. Yeah. And they might not go to six finals without Draymond either. I mean. And they I might not go to six finals without Clay either. Or KD. I mean, let's just be real. The Detroit Pistons went to three finals and I think five straight conference finals in what is arguably the strongest era of basketball ever in terms of teams and star players. And that guy was six feet tall. and He was more often than not the best player on the court in the toughest era, like where literally all the other top 10 players reside in borderline top 20 players. Dr. J, Moses Malone, Larry Bird. Yeah. Michael Jordan, Akeem Olajuwon, Carl Malone, Adrian Dantley. Um, like, like the list goes on and on. Like, like, no, like Steph ain't have no, no, but like Steph has had to deal with Durant, who was his teammate in LeBron. Like Isaiah dealt with some, like some other shit. No, no, no. Let's look at that though, too. When he had to deal with LeBron without KD, he was on the other side of it. And the yeah. only time that they did beat LeBron is when Kyrie and Love were down. It's just the truth. You know, again, not making excuses, but if you want to sit there and start comparing matchups and when a person, what a person had to go against and yeah. the degree of difficulty, it ain't the same. No, it's not even the same strategy. Because, again, no. when, when they lost to uh, Cleveland that they had up 3-1 in their 73-9 season, their answer was to go get the second best player on the planet. Yes. So, what? 
I mean, who wasn't that far off. Like, like people have to understand at the time they went and got Durant too. Durant had become a good enough defensive player that the gap between him and LeBron was just, was not wide anymore either. Like there were times it was wide because of the defensive player LeBron was. When they went and got him, like LeBron or Durant at that time, it's like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Somebody said, uh, let's try again. Steph has two MVPs and three chips. He has surpassed Isaiah. Okay. Okay, guys. He has, he has a great team. He's had some great regular seasons. He has zero finals MVPs. Nobody has really been able to explain to me how he's been in this many finals. It has zero finals MVPs. Can somebody explain that to me? Do y'all understand when Michael Jordan went to six finals? He had six finals MVPs. When Shaq went to his finals with the Lakers, he had three. And then when he went over to Miami and Wade was the man, Wade got that finals MVP. When the Lakers won two more, Kobe got those finals MVPs. Why Steph got zero? I just want to know. You know why? I can answer that question. Okay, go ahead. He's yes. not the same guy in the finals and in the playoffs as he is in the regular season. Well, what I'm trying to say is, is he's not Isaiah in the regular season either. That's why I'm bringing up the whole 21 points and 14 assists a game, like point guard play type of season. Isaiah was playing on one leg too. Mad Max yeah. says okay. Isaiah got the most valuable rings ever. Steph's yes. not better than him. Yes. Those two rings, those two rings are like five or six rings to me damn there. Like, yeah, for real. All right. Well, that was enough of according to sports. It should be three rings. Hold on, hold on. And it actually, Magic should have four rings and Isaiah should have three. Ooh, that ankle, Mike. Well, yeah. I mean, and we got to give Boston credit, too, because that Lakers team was loaded. Boston team was loaded, too. Yeah, the Boston team has six Hall of Famers on it, so. They didn't have Isaiah Kareem. Beat Isaiah beat them too. Isaiah was beating teams that had five and six Hall of Famers on them. When Steph ever did that? Steph had trouble beating LeBron. If Westbrook knew how to play point guard, he wouldn't have got, even been playing LeBron in their first finals anyway. <laughs> Real. Uh, well, that's enough of according to sports. Um, well, yeah. And, Your favorite Lauryn Hill verse? I, th- I think. I think. You know what? It's. It's that first verse on Lost Ones because, you know, it's like it was one of those. It's like, oh, so everything that we're thinking is going on is like going on. It was her coming out and confirming it. And it's the way that she framed it. It's the best subtle diss record ever. It's a diss she record. She set it off, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's how the album starts. It's like almost like, let me go ahead and put him back in his place and get this album started. <laughs> it's a banger, too. Uh, Ray Realms with the Super Chat says, Steph is one of the greatest point guards ever. But those two Kevin Durant titles have asterisks on them. They do. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. I didn't even watch the NBA Finals and playoffs in those years when KD was over there. It was no point. I get it. Why would you do that? It was no point. Um, it's also Jadakiss and, uh, well, not also. It's Jadakiss and Andre 3000's birthday. What's your favorite Jadakiss verse? That one was hard for me. You go first on that. I wasn't even expecting that. Mm. Would it be easier to say what's our favorite Jadakiss song? I want to know for the people in the chat. We got like 120-something people in here. What's your favorite Jadakiss verse? Bob T with the Super Chat says, Without Steph in 15, they get swept by the 15 Cavs. Mm. Uh, LP says... Dubs. Yes, 
Y'all got this I, one. I know, I know my favorite Jada Kiss line is, y'all gonna give me my ass cap or get your ass cap. <laughs> now, <laughs> you talk favorite. about his verse on, uh, not Reservoir Dogs, but the breakthrough verse from uh, DMX's album. Oh, the Blackout verse. Blackout yeah, verse. And look, now you might see me in a Jag truck, mad stuck, either with a dime or a bad duck. No, that's up there. Um, He's one of those guys where it's like, I try to remember the verses that they were like breakthrough for me. You know what I'm saying? Like when I first realized, like, yo, this nigga's nice. Yeah. And I think money, cash, ho, not money, cash, hoes, I'm tripping. Money, power, respect. Even though that was X's breakthrough verse, too. I remember hearing. Yeah. And I, I remember hearing Jada's verse. I'm like, this dude is going. Yeah. I sneeze on tracks and bless you. I'm and special. I'm special. If, you like if you like working out, working, then I'm going to stretch you. Hustling is dead, but we still break bread, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, turn spots in the bakeries to, uh, to get, back get back bread. bread. Yeah, Y'all said my money's dead, but it's in the Fed. Because when the dogs come to, uh, when the feds come, the dogs can't get a cent. My. Story is self-explanatory. Then I'm the hottest thing in the streets, and y'all ain't got nothing for me. Right. He's, no, he's got a he's got a lot of stuff. <laughs> Song wise, I'm still gonna go with "We Gonna Make It." We gonna make it to classic. Songs that, that's the best song, and that's where the epic like Styles and Kiss back and forth like 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 that. The origins of that is right there too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They're back and forth. Yeah, they're back and forth is epic. Uh, Mr. Pragmatic with the super chat, appreciate the love. He said, if Steph wins it all, whose spot does he take on the all-time top 10 players? He's not on, he's not on the all-time top 10 players if he wins, necessarily. Hypothetically, if he did. Can you name your top 10 again? I know we did it in a previous episode. Michael Jordan. Okay. Magic Johnson. Okay. LeBron James. Bill Russell. Tim Duncan. Shaquille O'Neal. Kobe Bryant. Larry Bird. Where are we at? We're at eight. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Hakeem Olajuwon? I know you're high on him. That's who I'm missing. It. That's who I'm missing. There okay. we go. Slide dreaming there. Mm, I mean, <clears throat> I know we had the Wilt conversation and I kept Wilt out, but, you know, you made a very good argument, Mike, and when I thought about it, it's hard to keep Wilt out of the top ten. He has the every really- record there is. Yeah, it's hard to keep somebody with every record there is outside of the top. Oh, Kareem, Mike, I didn't say Kareem. You didn't say Kareem either. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what I mean is it's like him winning and getting in the top ten. I mean, okay, how about this? If I, I mean, out of those ten people you name, there's nobody on bouncing for him. Me, I'm about to say, most people would probably say Olajuwon or Bird, but it's like if you no. saw Olajuwon or Bird play, you... Hell no. That's what I'm saying. I saw Olajuwon and Bird play. It's like I cannot say that. Okay, I'll tell you what, say, in a blanket okay, draft. I understand this. People need to understand this about Larry Bird. There was a seven, I think, I believe there was an eight-season stretch. Listen to this. There was an eight-season stretch where either he either won the MVP or he came in second place for eight years, and he won three straight. The other five years around uh-huh. that, he was second second place for MVP. I think the other that thing people need to understand. So it's pretty much for the bulk of his career, if he wasn't the best player in the league, he was the second best player in the league. When did Steph ever had it like that? Larry Bird. At the three, at the small forward position, he had a Hall of Fame power forward and a Hall of Fame center. He averaged more rebounds in his career than both, both of those guys. Yes. And that's not even talking about handling the offensive load. 
I mean, dude, his, his career numbers look like 20. It's almost like, what, it's 24, 11, and 7 or something like yeah, that? Yeah. That's absurd. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Mike 100 says, Jada's verse on Still Feel Me. Mm. Um. Oh, yeah. Mad Max says, LOL, I like, Stephanie. I like the original Feel Me. Yep. Mad Max says, LOL, Steph needs to win a total of five chips and two finals MVPs before we give him top 10. Let's not even act like winning a fourth chip and a finals MVP gets him in the top 10, especially since two of those joints you got with KD. Let's be real. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, so let's have the real conversation. The conversation is like both him and KD are somewhere probably between 11 to 15. I I'm picking like KD, KD over him any day. Yeah, me too. But hold on. But listen to what I'm saying. I would have KD probably one slide ahead of Steph right now. And I'm telling you that, like, based on what happened to KD, that KD needs two rings and another MVP <laughs> to get in that conversation. What you think Steph needs? So that's what I'm saying. Right. Like, I mean, we saw when both of them were on the same team who the man was, right? KD needs two more rings. Kyrie has to go. Uh, Nas the Goat says, Larry Bird coming off, coming off if Steph wins. No. No, Larry Bird no, man. You got to go look at Bird's clutch moments, man. We can't really justify that. We can't justify that. Jay Short with the Super Chat says, Happy birthday, Jada. But what's the difference between he and Fabulous's career? Jada gets praised. Fabulous gets forgotten. Oh, that's not that's not accurate. Yeah, Jada's... Uh, listen, I, I like when they do the Freddy versus Jason. But Jada's the better MC of the two. But the Freddie versus Jason, I will give him. Uh, Fab was showing out. I think no, Fab, Fab was... came off better, but just because you come off better on something doesn't make you the better MC. Nah, Kanye gets the best of Jay a bunch of times. I'm never putting Kanye ahead of Jay as a rapper. Yeah. Ever. Mad Max with the Super Hello. Chat says, uh, Nas the Goat, stop it. Steph ain't Larry Legend. Uh, we gotta act. We got. We gonna act like Steph never beat Kawhi Leonard in a series, and Kawhi ain't top twenty all time. Larry Bird won three straight MVP, second five. Larry Bird was, you want to talk about degree of difficulty. Larry Bird was beating those Detroit teams, those uh, Laker teams. Sixer teams. Sixer teams. Milwaukee Bucks teams. Houston. Yeah. Atlanta Hawks teams, the Akeem and Ralph Sanson, Houston team. Yeah. Yeah. Real competition. Uh, LP says, Steph is the best of his generation. KD's not ahead of Steph. There isn't a more. It isn't a more accomplished player than Steph, except for LeBron. Really? That's well, how y'all actually, feel. Okay, so <clears throat> all fairness to that, let's just unpack some things. First of all, Kevin Durant got the 25,000 points in under 1,000 games. You know how many players in NBA history have done that? Seven. Yeah. Steph isn't about to be one of them. So, like, Kevin Durant <laughs> has a score somewhere that even though even though Steph is the best shooter of all time, has a score. Kevin Durant is somewhere special where Michael Jordan – and Kobe Bryant and Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem and LeBron are Steph's not that. So that's so if you talk about accomplishments, twenty five thousand points, nine hundred sixty seven games, all right, or something like that. Bob T says, "Stop using the injury card against Steph." I love Zeke, but uh, he won his first title against the Lakers, losing Magic and Byron Scott. Keep the same energy. So what you're saying is, is that when players got injured, Isaiah beat them. Well, I think that... But did he uh, beat him healthy, too, though? I think we brought up the fact that Golden State... Did he beat him healthy, too? Yeah, that happened. Yeah, that happened. He beat him healthy, too. So it's like, why are you saying that? Because it's like he never beat LeBron healthy without KD, right? And I think we all know that Kawhi wouldn't have won 
in Toronto if KD wasn't out, right? And Steph wouldn't have been MVP of that series either because that would have been KD's third final <laughs> in a row. Yeah, yeah. You see the one game he played, if Kawhi was the best on-ball defender of this generation, Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles injury, walked up the court and prompted to go four or five in the first four minutes and started busting his ass. Every last one of those points was on Kawhi Leonard. We know what was about to happen. Well, you know what? If Steph was top ten like that, guys, don't y'all think they would have beaten that Toronto team? That's just, I mean, that's just what I, my question. You don't think they had enough to beat that Toronto team? Because really, when you take KD off of that squad, I know they didn't have Harrison Barnes, but it's pretty much that same team that went out there and won 70-something games, right? I mean, Clay got hurt, but I mean, I feel what you're he saying. Did. They still could have ran them out the gym in the time that they, yeah. He could have put up some record numbers, right? I mean, no, he should have went for 40 a game. Ain't no question about that. Yeah. Now, yeah, the show says... So how is LeBron top 10 when he had to team up with other superstars to win, but y'all knocked Steph for playing with KD? Makes no sense at all. LeBron didn't play with a KD. I, now, I, I, listen, I got love for D-Wade, but he's not KD. Me too. Let's not get I that. I got love for D-Wade. I think D-Wade is incredible. But size-wise, and no, he's not KD. No, he's not. And not to mention, let's take this back. Let's take this back. Because when LeBron teamed up with Wade and Bosch, yeah, he teamed up with his draft class, right? They didn't have much depth outside of that. And these guys had never played a full season together. KD jumped in a team that was already 73 and 9. And he's just replacing Harrison Barnes. They already have a system in play. All these guys have already played with the same system. The only new person in this in uh, this equation is KD. So it's a little different. He's the best pure scorer of the basketball ever. You can put him in any system. Yeah. Um, Jay Short says Steph's, uh, Steph's threes not falling. He can't contribute. If he's, I guess he's saying if his threes not falling, he can't contribute. Yeah. Uh, the other night we did see him when things weren't falling for him. He got a bunch of rebounds. Well, here's the thing about it. If you think KD, I mean, if you think Steph is better than KD, it's like, well, KD's actually a better passer than Steph, too. Like, he has a more more of a natural passing gift and eye for running a team than, than Steph does, too. So he's a better scorer, rebounder, passer, defensive player. They played together. He won two finals MVPs and led the team in all the statistical category. Well, pretty much like points and rebounding and blocks when he was there. He led the team in blocks when he was there. And Steph yeah. is better? Are you sh- like how? Like where did that happen? <laughs> I think people just really that? like Steph. And that's I'm giving cool. Kevin Durant extra points for spending ten years with Russell Westbrook because <clears> I think <throat> LeBron is the greatest basketball mind since Magic Johnson probably, and he didn't know what to do with Westbrook. KD with the four conference finals and an NBA finals with the same player. No, nah, that's real. That's real. LP says uh, Steph has more scoring records than KD. They went twenty and zero without KD. And had a losing record without Steph, with KD on the floor. Mad Max says, "LOL, Isaiah and the Pistons was were uh, smoking the Lakers so bad that Magic acted like his, he had a hamstring." My boy, he was getting cooked. It was busting. I love this back and forth, y'all. This, this is according to Sports Tonight. Bob T says, uh, "When did Zeke beat the Lakers healthy? Never." LP says, Zeke never beat a healthy Lakers or Celtics. Oh, man, this is getting heated. 
Hold on, they right. He did, they are right. They didn't beat a healthy Lakers because I think they beat Portland for that second championship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can't control and, injuries you know. and what happens. Listen to what we were just talking about with the whole KD Steph and Toronto thing. Kawhi didn't have two rings if, if Steph is uh, if um if uh, if KD is healthy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and even with uh, even with Kyrie and uh, and only reason why I mentioned Kyrie and Love going down is because a Steph still didn't win that Finals MVP. Iggy did for guarding LeBron, and we talked about that in previous episodes. But when they both had their full teams, it wasn't the same effect. Pre KD, yeah, pre KD. Uh, Mad Max says uh, Kawhi Leonard is better than all of them peak for peak. He's the only one who did it. uh, He did it. The MJ, Kobe, Wade, Steph, Braun, and KD all great. But give me a healthy claw. Okay. I'm going to give you a healthy L. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see if uh, if the claw can get it done again. I think he should have stayed in Toronto, man. I I think people don't talk about and I'm sure Toronto will take him whatever, you know, like they'll take him back. People don't talk about that misstep and the fact that he left this team prematurely. Mm-hmm. Mad Max says, uh, did it the, oh yeah, the MJ Kobe way. He did. He went over there for one year. You know, what? when you look at what Ka- uh, Kawhi did, it's pretty incredible. He went over there one year. One-year contract, really just kind of trying to get to where he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And won a championship. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. LP says, uh, KD blew a 3-1 lead. He has all the talent and none of the leadership. He's played with more 70, top 75 players and top four point guards of his era. Okay, Man, so. Y'all not going to let us talk about hip-hop, huh? So Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irving are liabilities. I'm going to give LeBron extra credit for actually winning a title with Kyrie because much like <laughs> much like LeBron hasn't learned how to deal with Westbrook, oh, KD ain't learned how to deal with Kyrie swap. It's time for a point guard swap. Send them back to their respective owners, please. Jay Short says Kareem got bogus free throws in 1988 in the last minute. That did happen. Free throws. Those are not bogus free throws. You don't think that? Come on, man. I saw the replay, man. Bill Lambeer didn't foul him. He didn't. But because it's Bill Lambeer and it's Kareem, certain people are going to get calls. It is what it, it has, is. It, it has more to do with the latter than the former. That's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's 1988. He, yeah. like, like, how about this? In 1988, he's the greatest player of all time in most people's minds. Nah, that's real. Um, we talked about Jada. Now, let's talk about 3,000, and we're going to get into this uh, versus matchup that happened last night. What is your favorite Andre 3,000 verse? The one never mind. It's Andre's birthday. We're going to be nice today. Favorite verse? (laughs) Yeah. Those two verses on Babylon. On ATL. People love Babylon. People love Babylon. That was like his coming out party as an in-depth MC. You know, for me, it was it was always and always will be um, thought process from Soul Food. Okay. Um, I remember that being the because they were coming off of Southern Playlistic, mm-hmm. and then he jumps on this, and it's like, whoa, these guys are taking it somewhere else. Like, kind of opened the door for that Turban, Atlian, Dre we were about to see. 
But I don't know if that is my favorite verse. I think as time go- has gone on, right? I think that verse holds a special place. Mm-hmm. But do you think that his his verse on the Kumina, the first verse, could possibly be his best verse? Why? Because like like when people say that, I love that verse, and it is some of his best stuff. You know. I lo- you know, like, need some words, like, need some hope, like the words, maybe, if, or probably. More than you know? a hobby when my turntables get wobbly, they don't probably, fall. No, 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 that's especially, like, like especially, yeah. especially poetic. Um, but I don't know, like, that's, <laughs> isn't he doing the same thing on Babylon? I came into this world high as a bird from secondhand cocaine powder. I know it sounds absurd. I never tooted, but it's in my veins. Yeah. While the rest of the country bungees off bridges without no snapback and bitches say they need that to shake their fannies in deep ass clubs. They go the other route, turn each other out, burn each other out. Where a bona fide nigga like me can't even get a back rub these days. Is that deep on their part? Let me show. Hold on, what do you say? Let me slow it down because they shut so you down when you speak from your heart. heart. Now that's hard. Why we ran and raving about gats? Nigga, they made them gats. They got, got some shit, shit to blow out our back. back. They stay at. Isn't that the same thing that he's doing on the Quimini, though? Like poetically and stylistically? So he's been doing that. That's what I'm saying. Babylon is the come out of that. Huh. Okay, yeah. I guess we have to break this down a couple of ways with him. What do yeah. you think his best verse is on Southern Playlisted? Hold on, it's so much easier to do it with him than Jadakiss because Jadakiss has gone to work so much. Yeah, Jadakiss has like, had so many like, moments. Like so When you said, what's Jadakiss's best verse? Like my, my brain started to overload. I'm like, which verse from like which year? Yeah. Like one, it's like I need to go write down like 50 or 60 verses and pick from them. Like this is much easier. Nas the Goat says... Uh, I'm going to get these super chats out the way. I know he's still talking basketball. It says, Steph took a backseat to KD and let KD shine. Steph is an unselfish KD player. KD wanted to play with the Warriors and Steph because of the system. I would agree with yes. all those things. Yes. I don't know about taking the backseat per se, if but you, he was going to take that anyway. It wasn't like you, you were going to fight for that backseat. I mean, that front you, seat. If you were watching Russell Westbrook, <laughs> if you were the best pure scorer of all time and you were watching Russell Westbrook take more shots than you, turn the ball over five times a game, and you were literally watching these guys move the ball around to the point that they have over three guys averaging 20 points, and you can't even get 20 shots a game when you're playing with a guy who can't shoot, yeah, you're going to want to go play with them. He's looking like, man, I can go get 25-30 and win a championship easy with these guys. Easy with these guys. LP says uh, the Cavs were, I'm sorry, the Cavs were the super team in 16. Love, Kyrie, and LeBron were top five picks in their draft. Shump and JR were starters for the Knicks. All the dubs were drafted. Now, I mean, if you want to talk about how the team was put together and all of that, I will give the dubs props for that. I was watching that whole team get formulated. And they made each other all-stars. No, the way that those players' careers are all unfolding, separate of LeBron, that's looking more like peak LeBron than a great team to me, though. That's what I'm saying. It's like I'm giving him more credit for what he was able to do with Kyrie than I like have before, just like I'm giving KD more credit for putting up with Westbrook and making all those conference finals in that one NBA finals that he did lose to Kevin, that he did lose to LeBron James. You've got to remember, Kevin Durant was 23, just like LeBron was 23 when he lost his first final. Mr. Buck says Jada smokes Andre 3000. What do you think about that comment? And people no, who I, think, I, I, I think if Andre had a catalog that we could actually uh, <laughs> rate in relationship to Jada Kiss, mm. Andre would possibly be slightly ahead because of his versatility. But overall, I would have to give Jada Kiss the nod too. But that's also because we have so much to go to and we know yeah. him. Like, we know, how about this? We know he can be great in a group, 
We know he can be great as a guest artist. We know he can be great solo. We know he can be great just doing a back and forth within his own group. We know that he can yeah. be great at Freestyle. all things. We know that Andre is great outside of these outcast, these four outcast albums where they are rapping together, and which is really like two and a half to three when you go back and start looking at it, and some guest appearances. That's yeah. not fair to Jada. No. That's why we keep talking about the whole work thing. Um, what's Andre's best verse on Southern Playlistic? Mm. <clears throat> I think his best verse or my favorite verse. That The best verse is probably that verse on Plain and True. Okay. Yeah, we are going to talk about this uh, verses right after yeah. we talk this Andre stuff real quick because it ties yeah. in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, verse, uh, probably. Don't you think his verse on Claim and True is like his best actual like bar verse on there? I'm thinking, I think so. Yeah. Because they really are bar heavy on there. And, uh, either that or uh, Hootie Who, but that's yeah. more style. Yeah, that's, that, that's the stylistic side of him. But I was about to say, my favorite verses are there, his verses on Ain't No Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, three, five, seven to your foe. Head, there'll be more dead because I'm a pro. Care, well, Lord, forgive me. I got to keep my Millie right beneath me. So you're yeah. going to say uh, for ATLians, you're going Babylon. Yeah, Babylon. I'm going Elevators, but I'm I was with saying, you. Elevators, Elevators and Over the Woods, right? At, like, like those, like those three about over the woods. right there, that's actually my favorite run of theirs. It's like, like. If I go to any of their albums, my favorite three song run of theirs is right there: "Elevators," "Over the Woods," and "Battle On." Yeah, because that elevate not elevators, but over the woods where he's like, uh, "Dang, power, power. record companies be like." Uh, yeah. Oh, how does the verse start? Everybody want to get signed. I'm here to tell you, record companies act like pimps, getting paid off what we made, but we the ones that spot like pimps, but ain't no good yet. I tell it like it is, so I'm like, look here. Willing to get the, I deserve my kids to have a mother in a little house with a dog in the backyard going woof woof. Who knows what I'm face when I leave with recording boof. Poof. Oh. Back in the real world where birds fly. Yeah. No, Shout out the to Big Boys uh, verses on there too. Undercover. Over the hills and through the oh, woods. I love I Big Boys verse. Like that, that's what I'm saying. That's their and the best last stuff. verse. If those three songs, that's their best stuff together right there. That's when they're on fire together. 007. Yo, I've been looking for 007's information, man. Please email us at info at according to hiphop.com. We want to yeah, highlight yeah. you real quick. We want to break bread with you about something. Yeah, yeah. 007 says, Jada's verse on Reservoir Dogs, Blackout, Made You Look Remix, Banned from TV, 24 Hours to Live, Last Day. It goes on and on. So much you can get confused. Yeah. So, on Reservoir Dogs, I think Styles has the better verse. I'm with him on Blackout. On 24 Hours to Live, I think he's somewhere in the middle on that song. He's just kiss at that point to people. People are really starting to like hear and know who he is. Um, the Made You Look remix verse is special. Why put you in a verse when I could put you in a coroner van? I think that's where the whole Top 5 Dead or Alive came from. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jay Short, <coughs> excuse me, Jay Short says Black Ice. Great yeah, verse. Yeah, Black Ice is one of my favorites too. Uh, all right, so... Aquamana, what do you think is his best verse? Aquamana. Aquamana? Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like that um I love y'all scared and I love uh art storytelling too. No, I you wanna know what? <laughs> I, love, <clears throat> I love I love it. his verse on I love his verse on Chunky Fire, actually. I do too. I the also love Chunky Return Fire. of the Gangster. Yeah. This is my story. This is my song. Get to these Rudy Poos. Don't try this at home. It's just a poem. Until you learn right from wrong. 
No one to bless the situation when they grab the chrome. <laughs> and it's back. Oh, another stormy night in Atlanta, in, Georgia. In, Overcast, but on behalf of Outcast Icordia, Lee invites you to an emotion field theater. Bring your umbrella, because young fella, it gets no weird. We rain. 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 <laughs> rain. Indubitably. Who says indubitably in a rhyme? All right, stank on you. Set bombs over Baghdad versus. I think it might be bombs over Baghdad. I hate to be the person no. to pick the single, but no, he's on fire. It's NBA either Sam. yeah, Special it's guy. either that or like I said, I love the um, 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 humble mumble verse too. I like the uh, what two Democratic Republic? Fuck it, we chicken nugget, we dip in your sauce like mop and bucket. We call a scholar. Who's right, that's the dollar. one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty special. Okay, so when he's rapping on there, which is bombs over Baghdad, humble mumble, and questions. Oh, he's special. Those are the three best verses, aren't they? I think so. Uh, I like him on Red Velvet, but yeah, they don't compare to like those verses. I don't. I don't like him on Red Velvet at all. That's crazy. You don't like Red Velvet. I don't like Red Velvet. That's crazy. No, people love that people love gangster shit too. Oh yeah, gangster shit. Gangsta shit, shit. I like Big Boys verse better on Gangsta shit. I do too. I'm nah, that I agree with you on. O u t k a s t o n p g double o d i e. So fresh, so clean, backwards. Thank only get done. Yo, big kill that shit. Smash that. Smash that. Yo, they're gonna give you grief at home. Yeah. Uh, LP says, right where you stand, run. I love him on run and right where you stand. I love run. Yeah, this is yeah. what I mean. It's like we can go through 50 or 60 verses of his. How many have we named already? About 10, 12. I mean, Jada 15. has done two different verses. He got another one. Yeah, he got he another got another verse. Another. Yeah. He got bars, Mike. He got bars. I told you, he's the king of the 16 bars, like he says. He's he not is. top five that are alive, but as far as these 16 bars go, oh, no, ain't nobody 16 bars just deep with hitters like that, where it's like, well, what's his best verse? It's like, shoot, you know that give me your ass cap? That's from uh, Who You With off the Funk Master Flex mixtape, volume She's two. crazy. That's what I'm saying. He like, got mixtape like, shit. Mr. Pragmatic the- says, so who wins the finals? <laughs> and then how many games? I'm going to make a proclamation now. Boston in six. I'm actually going to agree with you and echo those sentiments because I think here's what's about to happen. I think Tatum's taking Clay and I think Jalen Brown's taking Steph Curry. Yeah. They're going to make Jordan Poole beat them and he can't beat Boston out of there. Okay. Um... All right, last thing with Dre, and then we're going to go into this versus. What do you think is his best featured verse? <clears throat> okay, I mean, truthfully, we're talking best featured verse. It's the, it's the conversation of thought process on soul food or black ice on still standing, actually. Really? Yeah, that's the conversation. Like, people talk about all this other work that he's done. No, no, no. Those two verses, those are still, yeah. I'm always going to say black ice, but I will... I will say this. If we want to talk about current times or somewhat current times, I think International Players Anthem is very special. It is, but... They I'm, even I'm, they centered that whole video around his verse. Because he's so poetic. He's special. Yeah. I mean, like, that video is not even the same video without that verse. Like, they're probably going to do something totally different. Talk about controlling the climate. Reggie said 3000's verse on International Players Anthem. There yeah, no, no, no. It's but a standout. I mean, I, I, but see, but this is what I mean is, is that it's a standout, but that thought process and that Black Ice versus, man, they have that context. They have that depth. Like, he's he's lyrically, you know, 
there's, Man, there's, Romans, there, 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 there's a lot of style points and cadence and flow and alliteration and stuff going on on the players anthem things. It's like he's bar heavy and dense and lyrically intense on thought process. I like the, the yellows and greens and blues and browns and grays. The hues the ooh beneath the lapidated wood. Ain't Amen. a thing could explain the pertain the cocaine is a thing at rain. See, someone runs around and they holler about change. Then they steady move them keys like Bob James. Oh man, when does it rap? The temperature dive, November just died, December's alive. Oh uh, yeah, that's rough, man. Typical ride. Both goody mob just songs. Individuals too. on the way home. Yeah, man. Both He's goody mob songs too. You know yeah. how I feel. I feel like Goody Mob made Dre specifically step his game up. I think when, yeah. yeah, I think when they when they were recording the stuff on Soul Food, I'm sure he was around. He was like Yo, man, we got to take it deeper. Weren't they the kind of younger dudes in the group, too? Yeah, they were. They were younger than Goody. Yeah. I think so, uh, CeeLo is like their age, but, you know, Cujo, Gip, and um, Timo are older. Slightly. You're not like super older, but you know what I mean. 21 right. is way different than 19 when you're 19. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> LP says uh, 3,000 killed the Walk It Out remix. I've never been a fan of that. I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't love it the way other people do, but I'm not like a hater of it like you are. <laughs> I hate it. No, you've never liked that verse. You've I never liked it. No, I never liked when he like when he verse. comes with that whole talking type of style. I, I never was a fan. You of don't? That. Okay, so I, I love. I think he was going through a phase where he was doing that a while a while because of what was going on with music. Like you remember that? Um, remember that Millionaire song? Yeah. You don't like that verse? I like I that verse. Now, that verse is dope. That verse is one of his best verses. Where there are cheese, there are cats. Wherever there are rats, there, there are cats. cats. Wherever there are cats, there are dogs. If you got the dogs, you got bitches. Bitches always out to put their paws on your riches. <laughs> if you got bitches, you got glitches. Uh, oh, he said, if you got riches, you got glitches. If, I forgot, yeah. but yeah. It was yeah, fire. yeah, yeah. And then he starts riffing. Yeah, he's yeah. going to fuck. No. He, yeah. He, this... Okay, so this is why we be mad because it's like well, when he performs, <laughs> he's clearly, clearly, like listen to what I'm saying, he's clearly one of the greatest MCs of all time. And if he actually did work, even like at a relatively like old school album pace, we would be talking about him in a way that we talk in the South about Scarface, who is considered to be a top five to ten MC, correct? Oh, yeah. Most think Dre as an MC is better than Scarface. Dre would, I mean, Face would probably even tell you, no, he's a better MC than I am. He's not a better artist because he can't make an album like I can, but he's a better MC. If this MC would have made some albums, I think we're talking about a clear top five MC is what I'm saying. Jay Short says, a whack rapper would sound good on Black Ice. <laughs> yeah, the beat was crazy. I remember that story about, uh, I think Gip might have told this story, and we're probably going to get into a Gip segment, too. I think he said that uh, Biggie heard Black Ice and asked him who made that beat. Beat special. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Mr. DJ, by the way, who was like the third member of Outkast, and he was making heat. I feel like, um, all right, so he made Black Ice. On Aquamanai, he made uh, Art of Storytelling 1 and 2. Um, what else did he make on Aquamanai? He's part of Earth Tone 3 production. So Earth Tone 3 was supposed to be like the new version of Organized Noise, which is, you know, Rico, uh, Sleepy, and uh, Ray. Earth Tone 3 was supposed to be Big Boy, Andre, 
and Mr. DJ. Mr. DJ made Don't Flex for 8-Ball and MJG. I hate that we didn't hear that in the verses. He made a lot on that In My Lifetime album, even the uh, Outkast and 8-Ball and MJG collaboration. But saying all that to say, those drums that Mr. DJ was using around Stankonia time, crazy. I call those the Stankonia drums. So... We're gonna. I'm glad that you brought that up, and this might be a good segue because <clears throat> we got to talk about eight ball and MJG. We gotta talk about eight ball and MJG. Let me get to these super chats, and I'm I'm a really we're gonna really talk about this. No, we need to dig in on eight ball and MJG. I have some stuff that we that we need to say. Marquez Davis I'm, says uh, with the super chat, he said my favorite Andre three thousand verse is the you remix with him and Nas. That was the dope verse. I see what time you get off. She said, uh, when you get me off. I use that line all the time on the ladies. Yes. Uh, Ryan Gillum says, y'all heard about Justin Timberlake selling his catalog for $100 million? I did hear about that. Man Nan says, uh, in due time, everlasting, Rosa Parks and Miss Jackson. Everlasting and in everlasting. due time. Those are some gems. Everlasting, and somebody else said everlasting too. Sitting yeah, in the that, bathtub, that, listen to the, oh, the first one. Everlasting, that's yeah. up there, Mike. I love everlasting. I love that like, record. I love the first one there. Yep. Sitting in the bathtub, listen to the Isley brothers and others outside my door want to despise me. Reminds me, everyone ain't cool. The world is jealous. Never could understand when my mama used to tell us, "Don't take your food outside around your friends unless you got enough to feed the neighborhood." The play is just begin. Woo. Reggie says, uh, 3,000 floated over that beat on I Can't Wait. I love that verse, too. It's a great feature, too. He's got stuff everywhere. I mean, yeah. he's great on, uh, even on stuff like It's Okay with Slim Cutter Calhoun. Like, he's he's Kendrick got his whole style from that verse. Right. Kendrick's whole style is that verse. <laughs> okay. He's, he's, so, he's so great. But listen to what I'm saying. These guys are born on the same day. Like, there must be something on this day about not being a great album maker, though, because the reason Kiss isn't top five <laughs> is because Kiss hasn't made the albums that Big and Nas and Jay and Face and Ghost have. That's the only reason Kiss isn't top five. And guess what? The only reason Andre isn't top five? Because we can't even get him to make a solo album. Nah, Dre's not doing it. Oh, um, yes, you know what? I want to get to this uh, versus, man. So... I was Leroy going, Green just said, I don't know nothing about MJG. Let me tell you something right here, Leroy. <laughs> My first note is about MJG. MJG you don't know is about special. I don't know nothing about being pimp tight. I got family from the man, Leroy. You don't know nothing about being pimp tight, Leroy. Watch your tone. I'm going to ask you what your thoughts were on the verses, but I want to read these comments from, um, from somebody that's on my Facebook. I know I didn't get authorization to use her comments, so I won't say who it is. But this is what her notes were, and I thought these were interesting. She yeah, said, so I'm getting, so I'm just getting to watch the Versus TV, and I'm not feeling this. She said, first, you don't throw this one together. They deserve better. They deserve weeks of promo. Number two, she says, I get you want your brand in front and center, but there should have been pics of Pimp C on the screen, period. Point blank. Third, you're dealing with Southern royalty. And the stage should have reflected that. Hell, we rent our throne chairs for just $150. Are they not worthy of $450? Four. Can we get one more chance remix chairs? Four. 
my feelings have nothing to do with Bun B, uh, UGK, or 8-Ball MJG. They were awesome. Just think they deserved better. Ray Rims with the Super Chat says, I had UGK winning in the first 10 rounds, but 8-Ball and MJG pulled off into the sunset. Did you get my cash out? Let me check that out. What were your thoughts? And I agree with Ray Rims, actually. On all of the on on the comment prior to Ray's comment, or no, no, the comment prior to Ray's comment. So, how did Jeezy's song go? Standing ovation, <laughs> right? All those things. You want me to piggyback off of it, some and really dig in and tell you how I really feel? So, uh, yeah, go for it. I, I was gonna read what Ray Realm said at Cash App. He said, "For the least you could could have did three stacks." No show again. Mm. It's, three, it's three stacks birthday. We're going to lay low on him real quick. We'll build that into the conversation, though. You can lay low if you want to. I won't be. <laughs> um, what's the first point that she made? Because I think that might have been. The first point that she made. Uh, let me go Let's back. unpack everything she said. Because it was okay. all It was heavy. First point she made. You don't throw this one together. They deserve better. They deserve so, weeks of promo. So can we pause for a second? Uh-huh. <clears throat> These are foundational Southern hip-hop groups and acts. The reason that Outkast is even in a position for us to speak of them, like we oftentimes do, like they are arguably the greatest hip-hop group of all time, <laughs> is because of four groups specifically that came before them. And these are two of the four groups. The other two are the Ghetto Boys and 3-6 Mafia. But this is UGK and 8-Ball and MJG. It yeah. doesn't get any more important into the legacy of Southern rap and hip hop, especially at a high level of MCing and lyricism prior to Outkast, than this, unless you want to go to Scarface's solo material. Because even those Ghetto Boys albums, like, like Face has grown. Face yeah. has always been a brilliant songwriter, but has a lyricist and has a, like an MC. Oh, he got progressively better as the 90s got on. Well, I want to say this. I want to say this. I think that. 3-6 was still figuring it out. They were doing a whole lot of mixtapes and really formulating their group. Ghetto Boys, they clearly were already there, you know, mind playing tricks on me early, right? I think 8-Ball and MJG, that's next. You know what I'm saying? Like, coming out hard, they figured it out. That so, was 93. And UGK so I, was right there, too. Like, I don't think... I don't think 3-6 uh, really totally figured out their group dynamics till around 95-96-ish, to be honest. Yeah, but the, but the, but what I'm talking about is the sound and the inventiveness yeah. and then being around. Gotcha. Like, they were around by 91-92, weren't they, Mike? The original Yeah, they were, well, they were, uh, Lord Infamous and DJ Paul were doing mixtapes together. Juicy that's J like was over here doing his thing, and yeah. That's 91-92, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's 91-92, so, so... It, it, in this southern rap history, ghetto boys are first, right? Yeah. And then, but but immediately after that, that's what I was about to say. Like UGK, eight ball, ball and G, are literally like a year or two later, right? Yeah, because ball and G had an album before coming out hard. Got what before it was called. Coming out hard, right, right. Um, but you know, obviously, the jump from that to coming out hard was like you know gigantic. Um. But yeah, so, so, this is so, the core. Like, so this Ghetto is Boys the core. Like 88, 89, like but 90, 91, it's like, no, UGK and 8-Ball and MJG are popping up. And then it's like 92, you start hearing about 3-6. But I'm just, I'm just speaking about the importance right, right, right. Of, 
of who they are. And you're and, and here's something that I wanted to say about M, Eight Ball and MJG. It goes back to that Jay Z line that we've been using. You're starting off strong, but you're wheezing in the back. Well, actually, if you look at it, and this is why we need to talk about Eight Ball and MJG. Well, they actually started off the strongest of all these groups. And they actually finished the strongest of all they these did. groups. And we saw it last night in specifically the stuff that they went to on In My Lifetime Volume 1 and Living Legends. Yep. Because they have classic material on both of those albums. Because guess what? Both of those albums are great. You know what was a surprise to me? And I forgot all about this song. Candy. I was like, whoa. Oh, I forgot about Candy, too. I right? forgot all about that. I love I that record. Candy. Mike, I knew Space Age Pippin and Armed Robbery. Like, I, I, Oh, yeah. We knew that. You we knew, knew that, that was coming. We knew that was coming. Yeah. Like, we knew that uh, Stop Playing Games with Diddy was coming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, here's where I realized that they were going to win. When they played the Forever track with Lloyd, before they played, before they played oh. You Don't Want Drama, uh, Look at the Grills, and uh, Don't Make, I was like, oh, they dropping Forever. I was like, oh, I was like, this is And bad. they understand their catalog. <laughs> like, good. even when what they I'm did saying, the Middle like, of the oh. Night remix with Twister. I was right. like, whoa. Right. But the Forever track, Mike, the Forever track is the, is, is the real low-key banger on there. It's like all those other bangers hit you immediately. That's the one that the streets love. And it's like when they played the record, it let me know they were still in tune. Uh, Michael Sanders with the Super Chat says, why are, uh, why are you surprised that they treated our down south legends this way? The industry has never had love for the South. Well, you know what? Let's get to that because that That's is very, very apparent. Um, you know, it's interesting that Versus caught all of this heat for treating Onyx in Cypress Hill this way, what, just a week ago. Uh And their response to this was to throw together an A-Ball and MJG Versus that these guys have been asking them to do for whatever reason. I I don't want to get on that tangent. For two years. Can Can I say something respectfully? Go ahead. Cypress Hill is a West Coast act. Yeah. And Onyx has the East Coast act. Their catalogs combined, in my opinion, are not better than just 8-Ball and MJG's catalog. No, straight up. Straight and up. I'm say- and I'm not saying that because I'm from Charlotte and raised in Atlanta. I'm saying that shit because it's true. 8-Ball and MJG's catalog is better than both of their catalogs put together. And I don't mean to be shady about it and people don't like it. I really don't give a damn like you. No, no, that's just giving props, Because it's, it's just the truth. They yeah. Man, these no, listen. So- what they did, and I don't want to jump out the window or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's I think that they have a catalog that could rival like a mob deep or something in a versus type of matchup played right. Mike, I have, and they're treating them like like they're not. You know what I mean? Like that's just not cool. Mike, I have my top two comments on my notes because I told you I didn't have time to take notes today because the day that I had, so literally when we were starting the show, I was, the notes that were in my head, I started writing down. My first two thoughts that spilled out, something about MJG we about to talk about in a minute. Yeah. Eight Ball MJG's catalog, right below Eight Ball and MJ's catalog, MJG's catalog, Mike, I have Outcast and Mob Deep below it because we about to have a conversation. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the way that they were able to change over time, like you said, they started mm-hmm. off strong. And even in the middle section, this stuff aged very well. Yeah, now, hold on. The middle section is the lost uh, tape in the like space age pimping on top of uh, in my lifetime volume one. So that's the middle road stuff. And the even stuff when they play cool. like Tila showing up, I'm like, man, they, they didn't even have to go there. 
They got bangers, man. They got stuff for days. And it, it is crazy. I, I want to say this, and I'm going to get to the lineup or whatever. I was more of a UGK fan growing up between the two groups. Now, granted, I was one of those few people that was like, yo, man, MJG is super nice. Like, I always thought MJG was the best rapper of them two. Now, I get it. 8-Ball got the style, got the flow, and I love 8-Ball because Mr. Biggs was crazy, and I was glad when they dropped that too. But I always kind of gravitated to MJG for whatever reason. And um, I'm going to say this. I'm going to be real. Out of the four, if you put all those groups together, I think MJG is probably my favorite MC of the four. I don't know if he has a better verse than Bun B's murder verse, but no, collectively, no, out no. of the four, MJG is my favorite. Right? And I think MJG might be. I know I've said CL Smooth before on this show. I think MJG might be the most underrated rapper in hip hop. He's top three. You're stealing some of my thunder, Mike, but let's get to these super chats and then I'm going to get okay. to my first. All right. A Train with the okay. super chat. He says, it was a good versus, but A Ball and MJG held back a lot. That's crazy to say. Jay it's Short says, correct. stop blaming the industry who uh, delivered the verses to the industry. Who delivered the verses to the industry? Timberland and Swiss. We need to hold collaborations just as accountable. Collaborators just as accountable. Okay. Uh, one buddy says, you can't blame the industry for what 8-Ball and MJG and Bun B negotiated. Also, that Atlanta crowd was horrible and had no respect for the legends. You know what? That's a fair point. They should have said, you know what? We're not going to do this under short notice like this, and we're not going to do this in Atlanta if they didn't want to. Right. And so if it turned out that way because of the short turnaround and the fact that it wasn't in any of the cities that they represent, I guess you could blame the actual acts for that. That's fair. That's a fair point. But that sh- they shouldn't have to do all that is what we're saying, because if this is, quote unquote, the culture and this is hip hop culture, you wouldn't have presented this to run DMC like that. You wouldn't have presented no. this to. You know what I'm saying? Because they gave... Let's just keep it all the way a buck, man. They wouldn't no. have done this to Tribe and Daylight. They wouldn't have not done... This is our Tribe and our Daylight. They nigga, wouldn't have done nigga, this to They didn't do this to Ja Rule and Fat Joe. Nobody asked for a Ja Rule and Fat Joe versus, and I say that respectfully. They gave them a They picture. gave them the Brooklyn uh, Nets Arena, man. Yeah, they gave stage. them the Barclays Center. Big, big stage. Big, big, big stage. Fun. Big stage with big fun. Come on, man. Uh, a train with super chat says MJG friend of full verse. Reggie says uh, they treat these legends like a charity case. They did. It's not a good look, and you know it's unfortunate because they went out there and played. They showed through the music that they belong in these legendary conversations, but That's the arena didn't show that. That's why we're about to have this outcast and mob deep catalog conversation relationship. They ball with MJG later on. But let's <clears throat> let's unpack the MJG comment that you made, and then let's get to the Atlanta crowd and kind of the locale for all of this, and then we can kind of go from there. Is that cool? Okay, yeah, cool, cool. Go ahead. When I listened to this verses and I heard these records all over again, and I heard them collectively from beginning to end, <clears throat> and I don't say this too often on this show because, quite frankly, I think too much of myself. I have underrated MJG, and I owe MJG an apology this nigga's nice, man. This nigga right here. And he sounds this, great this, right now. This, this nigga right here, this nigga right here, Mike, is nice on the mic. 
here was my thought, not even him being underrated as an MC. You want to know what the most underrated part of his game is? His voice is great, Mike. And we don't talk about his how flow great is great. His voice. No, we're going to get to the flow in a second. I got a lot of mental notes up here. I want to <laughs> get to the voice first. Because here's the thing about it. In hip-hop, isn't it important when somebody comes on the mic that you know who they are and how they're bringing it and what yeah. they're bringing to you and how authentic it sounds? Doesn't he do that as well as any Southern artist? Don't you know who MJG is immediately when he jumps on the track? He's a great Isn't that voice authentic? Too. Isn't it original? Yeah. Isn't it a great voice? We don't. We haven't talked about him. He has one of rap's greatest voices. Because we don't talk about Southern rap artists having great rap voices enough. But right. he's got a great rap voice. Yeah. He's got one of the greatest voices in rap history. And I heard it the other night because at his age... Him going back to his 1990 stuff all the way up to their most recent stuff, man, he was killing shit. He sounded the exact same. That shit's he impressive. Exact same. Damn, pimp tight. <laughs> and he had breath control, everything on point. Everything. So, delivery. <laughs> Mike, everybody says 8-Ball has the flow. I can't necessarily say that or agree with that. I've always felt like that, too, because when I hear MJG rhyme, I hear, like, Gangsta Boo's flow. Player Fly's flow. Yeah. Like, Everybody this, from Memphis no, flow kind of derives from this guy. Yeah. This, Mike, that was my next mental note. This is the Memphis sound. MJG yeah. flow. And one guy. Hold on. His flow, his delivery, his cadence, his rhetoric. That is Memphis. Yeah. Hold on. Leroy, when you're from the mound, they do it like this. You don't know nothing about that, Leroy. You don't got people from there. Anyway. LP says with the super chat, he says, Ball got an underrated double album. Triple album, guys. Lost, yeah. Um, DiCarlo says, man, they don't respect the South at all. That looked like they were uh, they were at a bar in Atlanta. It was so dry. They act like they didn't want to be there. Right, like they yeah. just crammed a random crowd of extras or something together. I saw Mickey Fax uh, posted that he was there. Like, I might reach out and just see what the crowd was like but or how they put it together. But, I mean, even we're in Atlanta. We didn't know, like, how they were putting this together. They didn't make a big deal about it. They rushed everything and put it all together to the point where, like they said, it looked like these guys were performing at a bar, man. They deserve more than that. Straight up. Okay. So what if I told you as it – so let's go back to these core, like, uh, four groups before Outkast. Because I always look at hip-hop. Outkast is the turning point in Southern hip-hop because Southern playlistic went platinum. And they were getting major play, and they had people like Puff, who was from Harlem in New York, directing their first video. You feel me? Right, right, That was right. different for a Southern rap act to get that kind of attention. And so I always go to the originators, Mike, and there's really one from one camp and two from all the other. Actually, no, and if you, no, no, actually, we're not even going to do that. We're going to throw him in there as well. And this is what I mean about we haven't rated MJG properly. Well, from his era, listen to the names that I'm about to rank. Where do you think... MJG is as an MC. Willie D, Scarface, Bun B, Pimp C, 8-Ball, MJG, Lord Infamous, Juicy J. Where's MJG on that list? In my personal opinion, and I'm a huge Lord Infamous fan, it's, it might be Scarface and MJG, man. It might be. Mike. It might be, man, because I think his storytelling's underrated. And I think what really hurt MJG is when No More Glory dropped, which I bought when it first came out. And I don't think it had the impact that people thought it should have had. But I don't know if it had the push that it should have had either. It wasn't like a bad it? album. You need to, I need to go back and listen to it. I didn't love it when it first came out. I didn't love it when it first came out either. It didn't reach that 8-Ball MJG uh, you know, bar. 
I think it could have been better on a production end, but I think that's why he doesn't get that notoriety. But when you think about it, though, Coop, he was the first person of all of those people outside of Scarface that actually jumped out and did a solo. And I'm not counting Willie D because they were way before. But we talk about the duos like Outkast, UGK, 8-Ball, and MJG. He was the first to jump out and do a solo. So, do you know the comment that I told you behind the scenes earlier today where I was like, and this is how I've always felt, I was like, well, Bun B and Pimp C are more talented than 8-Ball and G. But 8-Ball and G make better songs than Bun B and Pimp C, even though Bun B and Pimp C are more talented. But after listening to this verses and after thinking about their catalog, I said to myself, well, I don't know how accurate that statement was that I told Mike, because you might be surprised by this. If I was ranking these guys right now, too, and I don't think I'm being prisoner of the moment, I'm just going by really what I've heard and maybe some of what I've forgotten. I have MJG number two behind Scarface too, Mike, and I always had Bun B right there and Pimp C right after that. And then I'm A-ball. gonna say this, and, and I love MJG. Bun B. I think I think MJG's a better rapper than Bun B. Yeah. Okay, he doesn't have. You want to know what the difference between? I mean, this is what I realized during the verses too. This is one of my notes. The difference between Bun B and MJG in terms of the love that they get or don't get outside of the region. Bun B's vernacular and verbiage extends beyond the southern boundaries, and MJG keeps his verbiage and his vernacular southern. Yeah, Bun you remember B, when they got on uh, the Playaway on Mace's album, right? Yes. MJG was the standout on there too. Yes. So LP I, I, says Suave House never gets brought up either. It's true. True. That's true. That's true. But I actually would have to say it's like because I can't because I can't say. Because cause whatever you feel about UGK, they don't have an album after Riding Dirty that's messing with In My Lifetime, Volume 1, or Living Legends. They just I love don't. In My Lifetime. For a minute, that was my favorite, but going back, coming out hard's my shit. And keep in mind, we're keeping <laughs> on, on top of the world out of this company. You know what I'm saying? That's why right. we go to the court. Go, go and when Lay It Down got dropped, I was like, man, damn, I forgot about Lay It Down. That's what I'm saying. They got bangers, man. Yeah, bangers. Man, that says Scarface, Bun B, Trade of Truth, Zero over MJG, in my opinion. I I can see where you're going, Bun B, but I'm not putting Trade of but Truth, listen, Zero but, but over MJG. MJG, listen, we're talking voice, delivery, cadence, influence. Because it's yeah. like you said, well, Mike, all these niggas in Memphis, when you really go back to it, it's like, oh, no, no, no. You stole that shit from MJG. Listen to how MJG rhymes on Coming Out Hard. And I think it's easier to hear it there because the beats on Coming Out Hard sound like Memphis more so than the stuff that they did after that. That's kind of more laid back, you know, Texas kind of feel almost. Now let's go to this whole Atlanta crowd thing. Uh Well, well, hold on. UGK is from Port Arthur, Texas. Right. A-Ball and G from The Mound. Right. Memphis. Okay. Atlanta has always been a black hub in the South and in this nation pretty much since post-Civil War and slavery. But here's what I mean about how this was poorly put together. Oh, well, Tim and Swiss or whoever has them on the puppet strings thought that they could just slap some niggas in Atlanta and they was going to know all the words to 8-Ball and MJG's catalog and to 
into UGK's catalog and it's like, well, you don't know Atlanta because it's like, that's some really deeply rooted, like traditional thing with hip hop. And you probably would have been better served waiting and doing this at the House of Blues in Memphis. Yeah. Or, or doing this, what's, what's the Houston Rockets arena in Texas? I forgot the name of the arena. Or Dallas Mavericks, like where the Mavericks or, or, or the Rockets play. You yeah. Get but bringing this to Atlanta, where it's literally called Black Hollywood, because people just show up at events like this because they want to be seen. Mike? Yeah, yeah. It's very Miami-ish in that way. Just want to be seen down here? Let me let me piggyback on one of your points, and we're going to get to the Super Chats. Um, you talk about arenas, Dallas Arena or Houston's <laughs> Arena. This is the thing. Texas going to show up for, for UGK. Of course, of course. My thing is, the only thing that Versus, as a brand, would be able to add to 8-Ball and MJG and uh, UGK doing this, where they wouldn't do it on their own, per se, is venue, right? It's not audience. Like, if they did it on their own, they have their own followings or whatever. Why couldn't they do this on their own? Whatever. Um, but the other thing is, you guys were able to facilitate Ja Rule and Fat Joe at, at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. So you're telling me that the Versus brand with Trilla behind it now couldn't get Houston or Dallas's arena? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, Houston's going to show up for both of these acts. Like, I, mean, I, I, mean, I mean, Dallas, I bought up Dallas because Port Arthur, Texas, if I'm not mistaken, is actually closer to Dallas than Houston, I think. Well, Houston or Dallas is going to show up for both of these acts. It's Texas, so, it's UK. Exactly. It's UK. So the thing is, and it's A-Ball MJG who did a lot of work in Texas. You know what I'm saying? And that shit was bumping in Texas, all that. Um, Suave House is Texas. But, so you're trying to tell us that you guys were able to get the Barclays Center, and again, I mean no disrespect by this. I'm sure Ja Rule and Fat Joe should feel the same way. You guys were able to get the Barclays Center for Fat Joe and Ja Rule, a versus that no one asked for. But you're telling me you're not going to put forth the effort to do those things for these legendary acts that come from the state of Texas? You just don't care. And I do agree with uh, the comment earlier that said they shouldn't have agreed to this. I do agree with that. They shouldn't have been so thirsty to take whatever this Swiss and Tim or whoever was giving them. But they should have never been presented with that bullshit either. Ryan Gillum with the Super Chat says, what would y'all say MJG's best album and verses i loved in the middle of the night um his verse on there uh jay short says is uh in my lifetime a classic (laughs) y'all going all over the place uh lp says uh smack battles and atl got better production value he's he's right because i actually got a homie that's like involved in some of that they do an excellent job okay so i got to piggyback on some of the things that i said i know you had some other points too I mean, no, I mean, we, no, I just wanted to kind of get to all of the poignant points that she made and just piggyback off them further and break them down and really like elaborate. Um, you want to go to the second point? Yes, because I was about to say something disrespectful. The second point is uh, I get you want your brand front and center, but there should have been a pic of Pimp on the screen, period. That's okay. So that's where I was about to be disrespectful anyway. So. 
This is what I do want to say about where the Atlanta crowd hurt this versus. Bun didn't have Pimp there, obviously, and we all knew that. These people didn't know Pimp stuff like that. Hold on, hold on. There's a correction, too. I want you to hold that thought. Uh, they're saying that KRS and Big Daddy Kane were at Barclays Center. And uh, Fat Joe and Ja Rule were at the Garden. Even worse. That is worse. That's not better. Even Don't worse. Y'all gave Fat Joe and Ja Rule the Garden? No Ja-Rule. one asked for that verse. Oh, and again, hey, I say hey, that respectfully. Can I ask you People something? People been asking for this verse since we've been on lockdown. Where in Atlanta was was this held at? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Okay. Straight up. I mean, and the thing is, man, let's just be real. Y'all did this because these guys are Southern acts. And for a lot of people in hip-hop, Southern artists are second-class citizens. Right? I mean, let's just be real. When, when we talk about the top of the top of the top MCs or whatever, Southern artists aren't even considered. Now, granted, there's a lot of, excuse me, dope MCs on the East Coast. And I've said it myself, like, Brooklyn per capita has the best MCs of any place in the world. And Queens is right there with them. But at the same time, when you have legends coming from other places, the South specifically, you can't shit on them like that, man. You can't just throw this together in a matter of days and just throw it in Atlanta somewhere and expect... Like, uh, whatever. We just gonna do it. They don't even want this to look good. And I guess they thought we just weren't gonna notice. Uh, DJ Bruce Almighty says, I heard the artist wanted it in ATL to have a neutral location. Okay. So, may, may I? You mind if go I ahead, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're perfectly fine. I think that kind of goes to some of what I was telling you behind the scenes just in terms of like, well, you know, uh, Memphis ain't to be played with, and you know, uh, Texas, uh, Texas is a big, big place with a lot of big personalities and big people and a lot of big things going on. That's why I was saying Atlanta has always been a hub for events and moments like this, because truthfully, if they wanted to localize this more for either one of the acts, there needed to be more time and effort put into it about that, because I don't, I mean, <clears throat> I just felt like they deserved more overall. They did. They uh, 113 Moody Noel says it was right across the street from Phillips Arena. At like a bar or something? What are you talking, the Tabernacle? I don't know. I, I It doesn't look like the Tabernacle. That's what I'm saying. That's the Tabernacle. Yeah, it doesn't look where, like where, the Tabernacle. Where, where, yeah, where exactly was it? Do you know exactly where it was at? No, tell me because I used to work down on them corners. I know Marietta Street and Ivan Allen and all them backwards and forwards. Reggie That's said Bun B versus was at, it said it was at the Complex. At the complex. Okay. Boo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, I don't think having it in Atlanta was that bad of an idea if you want to go ahead and promote it and put it out right and make sure you got the right fans in place. Because with it being so last minute and with it being so dead and the um, reaction from the crowd, it almost felt like they had extras in there. But you're right. Atlanta is very Hollywood in that way. Yeah, it's Black Hollywood. We call it Black Hollywood for a reason down here. Yeah, people went yeah. out to be seen and not yeah, to enjoy. Went out music. to be seen. People want to put on the outfit that they just yeah, like yeah. It's Atlanta. Credit card millionaires. Black Hollywood. So what do you think about um, what do you think about Pimp C not really being on display in that way? 
in all honesty, I didn't notice it as much until she really highlighted it. Because I guess we've just all been kind of like conditioned to people promoting their brands on stage like this more than the actual people. Yeah. I like when Bun actually took the time to let it be known, like, I'm not having anybody stand in for Pimp because couldn't nobody stand in for Pimp. Y'all sing Pimp's shit. But that's when the Atlanta thing became a problem. It's like, oh, don't ask Atlanta niggas to sing. Like, no. <laughs> like, no. Like, we don't have a problem. I will tell you something on a personal note. How do you feel about how Greg Street hosted? Uh, You know, uh, he hosted like Greg Street. Okay, I didn't love it. Yeah, I mean... What didn't you love about it? I mean, to get more specific. He just wasn't that good of a host. Because how about this? You can tell when a show is really rushed. Here's the thing. Like, like yeah. Bun's a pro. Ball and G, they're pros. Like, like they've dealt with hole-in-the-wall clubs and all types of circumstances. Like, like these dudes have been discriminated against, against in the rap community at the time when they literally were not respected at all. For anything, you know what I'm saying. You know what? So, to piggyback so they, on that and hold that thought, though, if uh, if this is how Southern acts are getting treated in 2022, imagine what it was like in 1993 and 92. Correct. That's what I'm saying. So these guys have already been through these circumstances. They know how to deal with these things. So I can see how rush the show was, not from the artist, from the host, and that's where I can see that this was rushed because. I know what Greg Street is down here to Atlanta and to our hip hop community, and I know what he's capable of. And I know what he means to Dallas too. Yeah, yeah. this wasn't it. Like this wasn't it, and that's how I know that the show was rushed. You know what I mean? M Land with the super chat says H Town would have been neutral. Baller MJG used to uh, used to live in H Town. Suave House started in Houston. Bun <laughs> lives in here. I bought up Houston first for yeah. a reason. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like I thought Houston would have been the most neutral. Um, once Bundy says, when New York heard about Dipset versus Locks, it's all we talked about. The South did not care at all about this versus. Blame the no, fans, not the on, industry. No, no, but no, the no. South didn't have not the buildup. They had time. a huge buildup for that Locks and Dipset. They were talking about that for they months. They had time to do Instagram posts and go back and forth for days on end. Yeah, they, they had did. To prepare. They yeah. literally, they literally, they literally, like, they threw this. They threw, you know, Mike, you know how you get that newspaper that you don't want like every Tuesday morning at like 545 in the morning, even though you didn't order it. It's on your like in your driveway and you got to go pick right. it up. But it's not like the AJC or a real newspaper. It's just like local ad paper and everybody gets it. That's how they just kicked the eight ball and MJG and UGK to us. It's like, oh, we woke up one morning and the shit was just sitting in our yard like, oh, yeah, this is going on in a few days. It's like, oh, for real? I was talking to a lot of people who were big fans of theirs that didn't even know that this versus was happening. And I probably wouldn't have known this versus what's happening if I didn't follow, you know, hip hop to the degree that I do. Uh, Man Man with the Super Chat says, Bun B solo catalog beats MJG. Trill 2006, 2 Trill 2008, Trill OG 2010, Source 5 Mics, and his collaboration projects, I think Swiss Beats sabotaged the event. Why do you think Swiss Beats sabotaged the event? Because I see, I see that there's a, there's a pattern here. A lot of our East Coast uh, followers, which we love so much, they're saying, don't blame the promoter, blame the fans. Whereas some of the people who are a little bit more neutral are Southern fans, they're feeling this, you know, this slight, this discrimination. Uh, DiCarlo says, he was being weird to me. Uh, is, oh, he said he was being 
weird to me. Is he always like that? Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's kind of how Greg Street rocks. Yeah, he. But that's what I mean. Is is like okay, so if you're not familiar with this hip hop scene down here for a long, long time, Greg Street can come off corny to you, yeah, and can be corny at time. But he's not really that all the time. He is a music lover and like a head. They didn't give him appropriate time to prepare as a host and do some like comfortable things that would have brought this show further together. Because it even felt like I even felt like the artists weren't feeling him like that. And I know they have relationships with him. Is it safe to say that Swiss Beats probably didn't want this to happen? <laughs> because when you think about it, even with the ball and three six thing, that took forever for no reason at all, really. I don't think he wanted that to happen either. I mean, listen, we're all human, right? We have artists that we rock with and artists that we don't rock with as much. And clearly by the energy and by the efforts that were put forth, Swiss Beats, Timbaland, or whoever's in charge, they don't really rock with Southern hip-hop like that. That's okay. Just say that. And And if that's the case, and this is about the culture be man enough or business savvy enough or respectful enough to just say, you know what, we're going to let somebody who does appreciate this run this one. So now we're going to have to pull some cards right quick. How many verses have they showed up to? Like, were you at the locks and dipset verses? Because I'm pretty certain Swiss was there, wasn't he? I think so. You're at the DMX Snoop Dogg? Well, I mean, that was in the studio. But yeah, I think he was actually. Okay. Hold on. Was he at the Gucci and the Jeezy? I don't know, but they were real hyped about that. And you know, my problem problem with that one, though, that wasn't about music for them. You know what I'm saying? That was not about music. That was about. What I'm trying to say is, is are you showing up to support the Southern artists with the same fervor and consistency that you're doing to the East and West Coast artists? Well, I mean, the support is in the efforts. Did you see well, that I mean, stage? But also, too, are you, do you care enough about this event and this culture to show up? Weren't you at the Fat Joe Ja Rule? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So when it's New York artists, you show up. But you acting like you didn't go to high school down here and don't got no ties down here. Well, no, when it's know. New York artists, they get the best venues and everything. LP okay. says ATL salty about Pimp saying they not from they not the South. No, I see what Pimp was saying. I rock with Pimp C. I love Pimp C. R.I.P. to him. And when he was saying what he was saying, I think, and I think maybe I was having this conversation with you. Obviously, you know, Atlanta's in the Southern Hemisphere. But I think that sonically, Pimp might have thought that at the time, Atlanta was gravitating more to like more East Coast-centric things. I never Stylistically. quite that he made, so... What is East Coast centered thing was Atlanta really doing? East Coast centric, I mean, like as far as like the approach to the music, uh, you know, flow wise, because he said this around the early 2000s, right? This was around the time when, you know, T.I. was, you know, kind of kind of rapping for New York's respect. Yeah, and I T. think I. that's Jeezy the difference. Luda, that's, the T.I.G., G., that's the T.I. Jeezy Luda time. Exactly. But I, I think that's the difference between Texas and Atlanta is the mindset of like Texas understood that, you know what, we can live with our fan base in Texas. Atlanta, and I'll say this is real. This is just the truth. Atlanta was a, a large majority of us, myself included, when I was rapping. 
we were rapping to get the respect of East Coast heads, right? Mm-hmm. That was a thing. And I okay, think that's so, where Pimp C was coming from with it because they never cared about that. What, what, Scarface what, what, was never trying to get the respect of East Coast heads like that. He was just okay. doing his thing. So let's just have a, and this is why I said I never totally agreed with that, and, and, and respectfully so. He you said, know, what time zone are y'all on? Eastern hold Standard on. Time. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Texas and California are two of the three largest states in this nation, correct? Yep. You can literally afford demographic-wise to just stay there and not have to do a thing. Of just course. off the demographics. Now, But that creates the, a mentality, though. You know what I'm it, saying? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say is, is that, well, your mentality has to do with the fact that you don't, because Californians have the same mentality, Mike. Exactly. You don't have to leave because you don't have to leave there to make it happen. Yeah. Because it's big enough and there are enough people there that you don't have to change a thing and you can get people to love you right within your own framework. Yeah. Nipsey, now, E40, Too Short, the list now, goes on. Now, listen to this. Now, how far away is Atlanta from New York and how far away is Houston, Texas? Or Port? You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, so, so there's some distance involved with that issue too because literally y'all are on another time zone and literally are further away and it's harder hold on listen this is how chain supply works it's harder to get stuff when you're further away mike when i lived in cali used to get this great cabernet called the opus one by robert mondavi when i used to get it in 2006 in california it was 75 dollars a bottle in orange county because napa valley is only about two hours away from where i was living when I got to Atlanta, moved back to Atlanta later that year, that same bottle was $165 wholesale, chain supply. Yeah. Because it's a travel further to get there, and thereby the influence on it isn't the same. So if you want it, you're going to have to pay more because it's not as popular, and we don't really move it like that. No, that's real. Um, that's real. But listen, I think that I forgot how we got on that tangent. I think we were talking about Pimp C's sentiments about Atlanta, but... Mm-hmm. This is the thing. The same effort. That, and I was thinking this when we were talking about verses uh, early on, because we, you and I have been covering pretty much all the verses because our our podcast has actually mirrored the time that verses has been around. I thought for a period versus was getting very East, East Coast heavy. And, you know, and pretty much it was only East Coast. And we see that the efforts towards Southern acts is just not the same, especially Southern legendary acts because it gets no bigger than 8-Ball, MJG, and UGK. People have been asking for this for two years. <clears throat> no, it does get bigger because here's what I will also submit to you. And this is why I keep making the outcast statement. <clears throat> oh, if Outcast wanted to do this just about Andre, this would not go down like this, now wouldn't it? Just about the no, characters. No, no, no. So there is some disrespect going on because, like I keep on saying, Outcast is when it changed and they started getting respect. They wouldn't treat Outcast like this. But just about Dre, they wouldn't treat Cast like this. So it's wrong. DJ Bruce Almighty has, says because he can't even show up for because he can't even show up for Outcast and he would get treated better than this. So it's a problem. Well, Dre definitely didn't show up. That wasn't <laughs> a surprise. Uh, Bruce Almighty about? says to be fair, the NY artists went against uh, other NY artists. With NY fans. Gucci versus Jeezy was ATL. Home field advantage. You know, the thing with the Gucci and um, and Jeezy thing. This is how this started. T.I. was talking. And T.I. was trying to pull 50 in it. Right? 
T.I. goes on his IG live talking about he'll take on whoever. I guess somehow Jeezy's name popped in it and they were going back and forth. People weren't interested. Let's just be completely honest. They, they had a whole flyer and everything for it. People weren't interested in the T.I. and Jeezy for whatever reason. I feel like T.I. probably would have blown them out. They were yeah. saying the one that people really wanted was the Gucci and Jeezy. They went behind the scenes and made that happen, and that happened in that way. It wasn't like it was something organic. That just happened. That wasn't it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that was one of those things that kind of happened by chance, and T.I. still hasn't done one. Mm. Wayne hadn't done one either, has he? Nope. Ray Realm says, uh, can we give props to Big Boy, rap legend, always comes through for his fans. Yes. We We're should, We're going to talk man. about all that. So can we, okay. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, you know, when International Players Anthem was played, I already knew Dre wasn't coming out. No, let's let's talk about Southern representation as a whole. Okay. Some things need to be framed properly because I think, you know, first of all, the things that we say about Andre at times, I mean, I think, Mike, you find you're going to be hard, pre- hard pressed to find two people who know his catalog and love his music the way you and I do that actually talk hip hop yeah. right on these circles. And, and a lot of that is because, well, quite frankly, you're from Atlanta. I was raised in Atlanta, and I'm about as much a dual citizenship member of this place. You know what I mean? I'm probably more Atlanta than I am Charlotte, truthfully. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the Southern representation was in effect. You could feel immediately how important this was to 8-Ball and MJG and to Bum B just to get this opportunity. Because like you just said, Mike, if they're getting treated like this in 2022... Imagine what they've really been through. And that really well, Greg Street kept know, saying it. He was like, we're on TV. We, you know, it was a big deal. It's a big deal. Hey, but you understand these records that, you, that that were getting played last night weren't getting played when they were out. That's yeah. real. Like the first time uh, I saw an 8-Ball and MJG video get played with some semi-regularity was Pimp Harder, and it was on Uncut. Really? Really, I I remember seeing locally, and and it's funny you say that because now I'm thinking, I, I don't remember seeing Space Age pimping on BET like that. No, that was more so American music makers here locally in Atlanta. Pimp harder on uncut, Mike. That's the first You're time right. I saw calling MJG on TV on a regular basis. They I remember Rap City used to play. We started this shit, and we're gonna finish this shit. I remember that. They did, they did, but that was just Rap City. It was nothing else. Mr. Uh, Pragmatic says, who y'all got? Yo Gotti versus Gucci in a versus. Man, I got Gucci with that. Easy. Uh, LP says, Coop, you you holding Swiss Beats more for going to school in the South than Tim for being from the South. Tim should have made sure that this was done well. That's a good point. Swiss is more immersed with hip-hop artists and hip-hop acts in the hip-hop scene than Timbaland is. Timbaland's best shit is with Aaliyah, Genuine, and Missy. Timbaland doesn't seem to be that involved in this versus thing. It seems to be that Swiss is the mouthpiece, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like people need to understand this is that, well, outside of some great Jay-Z tracks, Timbaland hasn't been like some all-time great hip-hop producer, that has he? Yeah, that's true. Uh, DiCarlo well, says... DeCarlo says they're out of touch. They thought we wanted Rick Ross versus 2 Chains. I'm still not yeah, off that, but they, like y'all said, why are they the gatekeepers anyway? Right. I thought that was, hold on, I thought that that was, un, Mike, and I said it on the show, people can go watch it. I thought it was unfair to Chains and disrespectful to Ross. I agree. 
Honestly, it should have been, if we want to talk about that, should have been Rick Ross and T.I., to be honest. With as much collaborative stuff they have. I keep thinking about it need to be Ross and Wayne if he was going to do a Southern, you know, truthfully. Uh, That's fair, too. Mad Max says, T.I. tried to make some South versus New York beef. I think guys from the South don't understand. You get more love by your own radio stations now than um, native New Yorkers. Only the old New York heads have Southern bias. I think they would constitute, I think Swiss would constitute as an older New York head, right? He's our age. Get off my lawn. Now, he's older cool? than that. I mean, but he comes, from, he, he comes from the Bronx and his people, they were there when hip hop started. No, I told you he went to school with some of my big homies. He's in our age bracket. Yeah, he's. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but what were you saying? I'm sorry, I interrupted. When you were talking about um, Southern acts and you didn't see any uh, eight ball MJG music videos until Pimp Hard. Yes, well, I could say the same thing because here's what I was realizing when I was going through these records. It's like, man, I know all these records because I'm from the South and I got older cousins and older brothers right. and from the South and they played all this shit for me. So I know what all this shit is. But if it were not for my older cousins and my older brothers, I would know nothing about these guys if I left it up to the hip hop in the media in terms of how great and epic and legendary these guys are. Because the truth of the matter is, is that people really didn't find out these, who these guys were respectively. UGK, and I want to go to Big Pippin in a minute. When is that? That's 99, right? Yep. Guess when Pimp Hard is? That's, That's all you want. Right? That's 99 going into 2000. Yeah. Yep. And so both of them actually got their mainstream notoriety 10 years later into their career, which is absurd. Yeah. Think about it. They started when we were about nine or ten years old, Mike. They didn't get their notoriety until we was about eighteen, nineteen. Okay? And they had already made their best work. You know, what they I mean? had already made. They had already made. In eight ball in MJG's case, they had ten years removed from their best work, and in in uh, UGK's case, four or five years removed from their best work before they got notoriety. So there's definitely. So you could feel the disrespect and how important it was for them to get respected in any way that they could get it. Like, almost like, no, y'all not about to do this hip-hop versus shit and not include some of the forefathers of the South in this shit. Like, yep. they weren't about to let them do it. And because they weren't about to let them do it, they accepted less than what they deserved. That's and a I'm good a- point. And, you know, and, and someone mentioned, I think it was DiCarlo mentioned the 2 chains and Rick Ross. Even before that, Bun B asked to do the 8-Ball MJG and UGK. Like, the fact that you went ahead and did two chains and Rick Ross, which really didn't make a lot of sense before you did that. So whack, man. These niggas whack. You want to go through track for track real quick? Because I'm interested to see what you I want to say, hold on, I want to say one more thing because I just got notes all over because I'm really getting pissed off the more we talk about this, Mike. This shit's so wrong. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. Go ahead. This shit's so wrong. They wouldn't do this to legends in the game that they're 10 years in the game from New York or from Cali. Listen, we see what they did for Fat Joe and Ja Rule, and I say that respectfully. But once again, no one asked for that matchup. Straight up. Did nobody even want that shit, man? No, nah, nobody wanted that. Man, that's what the problem is. It's like, And I don't even think that. I think that might have been the most lopsided matchup they had. And I think stylistically, that's what it was lopsided. You know what I mean? Like, I love Joe. But he don't have those hit records that Ja got. And I love Ja, but he don't have the street records that Joe got. These are facts. Big it's not Pimpin. a good matchup. Honestly, if y'all want to go that way, we, it should have been, musically, what made sense should have been Ja Rule and Nelly. 
But I guess Nelly ain't from New York, so. I would have liked Hey, can I take Ja Rule versus this 50 versus battle that we're doing? Can I take Ja Rule? Sure you can. Yeah. I'll, I'll smoke be- you with 50, definitely. You're not smoking me with 50 versus Ja Rule. You're not smoking anything. <laughs> like Kendrick smoking on top fives and making this little play of an album, right? <laughs> <laughs> Carlos says, don't forget they wasted Luda, too. They did. They did waste Luda. Listen, 8-Ball, MJG, and uh, UGK was in their face the whole time. And you had two years to get this right. And you chose to just throw this thing together at some random club or complex or whatever across from Phillips Arena. Didn't let them build this up to, like you said, to the point where certain people could make it. Because I know when they did uh, Paying Dues, CeeLo wasn't there. But I don't think it's because CeeLo wouldn't want to be there. It was just so last minute. He couldn't be there. Listen to what people are saying about two of our five or six greatest Southern rap groups out of it. They stuck them across the street from Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia on a Thursday night. Nothing was going on at Phillips Arena, I'm sure. Let's be real. What? So... And, and, another, and again, and again, Dipset and the Locks get the garden. Fat Joe and Jai get the garden. Hold on. Dipset and the Locks don't have 8-Ball and MJG's catalog either. Now, do they? I don't think so. Ain't no, ain't no I don't think so. I don't like, they don't have that shit. I love It is what it is. Here. Ball and G got a crazy catalog. Got a crazy catalog. Let's get to UGK right quick. Because here's what I mean about the bias. Because I realized it today when I heard it again. Big Pimpin' is one of the greatest guest appearances of all time, Mike. You think so? By Bun B and by Pimp C. They made that fucking song. They made that song. That's why, and I said that last episode, that's why Timbaland allowing this to happen in this way is so disappointing. Because one of his biggest, if not his biggest hip-hop songs. This is his biggest hip-hop record, Mike. And they made that record. They made that. Not Jay. No, Jay didn't make that. When I listened to Bun B rap this shit, I was thinking to myself, Man, they don't even need Jay on this record for this to be a classic. You can take Jay's part off, and this record is a classic. Like, if it's two verses, and the verses are Bun and Pimps with that hook, and that beat, it's still the same classic. I remember when I heard um, Big Pimpin' on the radio when I was a kid. I thought Bun B had the best verse. Bun B has lyrically the best verse? Hold on, listen. Hold on, so let's highlight why this is one of the greatest guest appearances of all time by UGK. First of all, the hook is actually the buy-in, not the verses. Whose hook is that? Yeah. That's Bun B. Yeah. Big pimp and spend and cheese. We do it. Big pimp on BLADs. You know Jay didn't write that talking about some big pimping on BLADs. Yeah. Come on. That's <laughs> Bun B and Pimp C, Okay. Well, Leroy we Green. also know from previous episodes, and I know Leroy Green's going to go crazy. Ain't nobody talking about Leroy. Jay-Z's hook game, hook writing game, is not that great. You were just talking about Can I Get a What What was the one that sold volume two. That's Ja Rule's hook. That's Ja Rule, right. So, yes, it's not far-fetched to believe that the Big Pippin hook is either Bun B or Pimp. So, Bun B is lyrically the best on this song, and he's doing the hook. This is Tim's best hip-hop track and most notable hip-hop track. And I think we know this already. The one time... And here's how epic Pimp C is. And I didn't even realize this, Mike. This is one of the best guest rap verses ever. 
Because much like Biggie on Juicy, everybody and their mama knows Pimp's words to Big Pimp. And it is the one time the Atlanta crowd turned all the way up and chanted every song, every word in this song, word for word. Everybody knows Pimp's part to Big Pimp. And it is the highlight moment of this song. Yeah. And you see it from our black Hollywood crowd that didn't know this catalog, but they knew that verse. Smoking out, pulling up, keep Keep up in my cup. Everybody want to brawl, holler, brawls at the mall. They were singing it in its cadence and everything. Long live the pimp. So that song is one of the best guest appearances ever because the artist that made the song, and I'm not saying this to be shady, he does not need to be on the song for that song to be a rap classic. That's how great UGK is on this. Have you heard uh, Pimp C tell the story about that verse? Oh, how how uh, how uh, TV don't need uh, TV don't know the temperature. No, nah, no, nah, not that. He said, uh, you know, when he was doing that verse, he felt like he and this is how they used to do back then. Like biting wasn't cool. He was like he felt like he was rhyming like Gip, so he called Gip up from Goody Mob. It's like, oh, yo, wow. man, I got this track, man. It's like, can I use your style real quick? And Gip's like, yeah, boom. Mm. Mm. Gip got flow, and for the people who don't know, and really ain't whip, uh, you know, on on to Gip's catalogs like that. Gip, Gip has one of the nicest flows ever. Yeah, I love Gip's flow. <laughs> Gip's got a great flow. He's got great, great melodic voice too. Time at AMC. He's got great melodic timing. Yep. Uh, LP says Coop uh, smoking rocks, picking Jarrell J- J- over fifty. LOL. Uh, fifty <laughs> sold Jarrell's whole style. I don't know why y'all saying it. Did it better too. One's Bundy said the South I been running a candy shop. <laughs> okay, um, I'm better. not playing candy shop. <laughs> you better not. <laughs> One's Bundy says the South been running everything for 20 plus years, and y'all still blaming New York. Tell y'all <laughs> artists to stop accepting the minimum. Okay, he's right. He's right. No, he's right. I told you they accepted less than what they deserved. He's you're, right. You're right. He, they you're shouldn't right. have accepted it. I agree with that. No, you're right. Our beef is with the fact that. This is what was presented, and that shouldn't have been what it was presented, but that shouldn't have been taken either. Somebody should have been like, no, we're not doing that. Ray Realm says, in defense of Swiss and Timberland and whoever's behind the scenes, Fat Joe had to face Ja Rule because reportedly no one wanted to face Ja. Well, I heard Ja go out there and say he he was on the line with Fat Joe, actually, and Swiss. He said he wanted 50. I remember. And Swiss was like, he played them off. Like, uh, is everything going to be peace, peace, king, and this and that? I'm like, Hold you, on. you so wasn't worried you gonna, about that with Gucci and Jeezy. Thank you, Mike. So how are you going to be worried about this industry beef? But Mike, you and I, we from down here. I was raised on the east side. That Jeezy Gucci shit. Oh, that's real. They don't that. care about he that. They don't care about how real that was. No, because you want to know why? Because they don't know how these corners work, but they know how those corners work. So they just think they can come down here and do anything. That'd be part of the problem. Reggie like, says, correct. I was a fan of the whole Gucci. Like when I saw how the whole Gucci Jeezy versus was playing out and how they was, let, even how close they was letting it be to each other, I was like, oh, y'all think this shit like a game. Niggas Re- is dead. <laughs> Reggie said, correction, it wasn't the complex. They were too ashamed to announce the location. Mm. I'm going to get the location. I know somebody that was there. Say word, right. I know somebody that was there. Uh, Let me see if we get to All right, let's go to these tracks real quick. You want to do that? We might as well. All right. Hold on, hold on. I want to make sure that, no, hold on. So 
No, I don't want to go to the tracks right quick unless we're going to get to Andre's lack of Southern representation. All right, go ahead. Even though it's his birthday. Well, I say all this to <laughs> Even say, though it's his birthday. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if it's his birthday because we're going to talk about this shit. Because yes, like these guys went through a lot so that groups like Outkast can go platinum and multi-platinum and yeah. be in the conversation to be the greatest group of all time. Like The only reason that Outkast is in a, a, a position to be called the greatest rap group of all time is specifically about groundwork that these guys laid. Oh, straight up. Now, you have a record with 8-Ball and MJG, and you have a record with UGK. A couple. And they are in Atlanta, Georgia. And not, uh, hold on, and not only that, Mike, it's two of their best records, respectively, in both of the catalogs. Throw Your Hands Without Cast is one of 8-Ball and MJG's best records. International Players Anthem is UGK's best modern-day record. I loved uh, I loved Andre's verse on uh, "Put Your Hands Up," where he was like, "You, could, you couldn't understand if you stood under it." The more, the closer that I get to you, the further that I get. The yeah, he was. Yeah. You know all of Andre's verses. I already know, Mike. Yeah, he's an epic one there. Right? <laughs> it's Andre in nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is the uh, the beginnings of Andre three thousand. It's no this longer is 3, Andre. Right before three thousand happened, right, Mike? Because this is actually in between Equimini and Stankonia in my lifetime. And they one. were on a tear, both they him and Big Boy. That's yeah. when Big Boy did the uh, the Slick Rick all record too. Film. Like Rick and all that. Yep, that's when all that happened. It all happened around yeah. that Smoke time. Smoke Fest 99 for Tash, all that. Yep. So I say all that to say, I know that you don't love rap. I know that you don't love hip-hop. But do you love these guys? Don't you love these guys enough and what they did for you to show up in Atlanta, Georgia, of all places, just to maybe give them each a verse and to bring this all thing full circle? Because here's the thing. If he would have shown up, oh, the shit would have broke the internet. It would have. And and don't you hold on, and I don't say this too often, don't you owe that shit to Ball and G and the UGK I agree. for real, Mike. Cause they, I cause agree, because this is the talked thing. About how important it was to represent the South and your bandmate who keeps literally y'all's flag alive. Like, Mike, we all knew Big Boy was showing up, didn't we? Yeah. This is the thing. And, and I want to piggyback off of something you said. Now, I think it's very okay. important. We hold all of our pioneers in hip-hop in general high. But the ah. Southern pioneers, for whatever, get treated like they didn't break ground anywhere. And like you said, the work that they put in and the underground work that they did that they didn't really get a lot of worldwide acknowledgement for. No credit. Is the reason why you got the platform that you got to be able to do what you ended up doing. They're the reason you're platinum and multi-platinum, period. Oh, straight up. Straight or up. even even able to sign a contract and put out Southern Playalistic at the time that you did. Hold on, to even be able to call it Southern Playalistic Cadillac music. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, Where's Southern Playalistic Cadillac music coming from? Yeah. That's coming from Ball and G and UGK specifically. Yeah, straight up. Straight up. Reggie says, is Big Gift the best spitter in Goody Mob? It's a good question. I mean, I think that CeeLo's the best MC. Um, and I've said before that yeah. I think Cujo... Is the is lyrically the star on Soul Food, but I'm not mad at anybody saying that. Like we talk about just straight spitting, Gip got that. No, Gip's dope. Uh, like LP it. says uh, the Southern pri- uh, the South is prideful, especially that era. Give me the minimum and watch me do what I do. Maybe uh, it's the Stockholm syndrome, but that's how they are. 
I could see mm-hmm. that. Well, they're like, look, we don't need a big ass stage. We don't need this and that. Yeah. We never needed it to make it work anyway, so let's go. Because they right. never had it. You're right. No, that is some Stockholm syndrome. That's a that's a great analysis. Um, okay. As far as Dre not coming out, man, I just think it's this is my thing, man. Like it's one thing to not seemingly appreciate the legacy of Outcast. But it feels like he doesn't even appreciate the groundwork that uh, his part in putting the South where the South is. How can how can we get respect, Mike, when our greatest talent doesn't show respect from the people that paved the way to him? How can we get the respect we deserve when our greatest when our greatest MC won't show his forefathers respect? How can we get that respect? This motherfucker right here. On his birthday, I don't care. No, <laughs> stop handing out hall passes to niggas. Like, no. Hold on. Imagine this. Maybe he was celebrating his birthday. Imagine this. Imagine this. There is a tribe in Daylight Versus. Okay? And they actually have records with Run DMC. You know what I'm saying? Ain't they going to be there for Run DMC? If Run DMC got a versus and vice versa, you get what I'm saying? It'd be different, Mike. It'd be different. It's like we can't afford to have missteps like this in the South where he does stuff like this. It's like stop thinking about yourself. Think about the culture that paved the way for you to go off on whatever deep end that you choose to go off of that makes you not show up to these things. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because they would love for out of touch. They would love to have them. I mean, Twister showed up. Twister showed love. And Twister from Chicago. Everybody's showing love. And, and Twister was like, I wouldn't be here without these guys. Twister from Chicago. It's just, I mean, how, how can we get the respect that we deserve from other regions when our greatest talent won't show up and do songs with people that paved the way for him? And he, he, it's not like the records aren't valid. Like, Throw Your Hands and International Players Anthem deserve to be played in this verses because it's some of their 20 best songs. Imagine if Dre would have went out there and rapped his verse to International Players Anthem. The internet breaks. It's over if he comes out in Atlanta, Georgia. Like, with a wig on or however he want to come out. If he however, comes out with the overalls, whatever. And disappears? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a wrap. <clears throat> like, he has that type of impact and influence. And this is a day, like... This is a day that's not about your impact and influence, though, but your impact and influence can help get people who paved the way for you the flowers that they deserve. And people who follow you in this generation, because he's one of those guys that younger people who really weren't around for his prime gravitate to him. People will see him gravitating to this and really go check out what UGK and 8-Ball MJG had going on. Like, right, they might see, they might not even know who 8-Ball MJG is, and they yeah. might get a YouTube clip the following morning of of Andre coming out to do the International Players Anthem, and they'd be like, who are all these guys? Right. Who are all these guys Let rapping me do with a deep dive. Who are these guys rapping with Andre? I see Big Boy there in the background, but who are the rest of these guys? Because, you know, know your hero and Andre's hero as well, and one of my heroes also, Prince, he would go out there and show respect to all of his heroes, as big as he was. Mad Max says, one thing about Nas, Hove, and the NY guys, they show love to the guys before them. All the 3,000 talk, we can admit that he was always and will always be a weirdo. No, it's not even weirdo. It's you're selfish. 
You're only concerned with you. You can try. See, here's the thing that you can't do with other artists. You can't play that. Well, I'm an artist game. No, dude, you selfish. Just say that you're selfish. Like, be honest about it, though, because it's like there are artists who are like that that are selfish. Say that you're that. Stop trying to play it like you're some this deep thinker that can't take the stress and the toils that other artists can take. It's like, no, nah, nigga, you just don't love hip hop anymore. You don't respect it like you should, even though it's given you everything that you really had in life and paved the way for you. And if you feel that way, fine. But be man enough to acknowledge it and stop playing these types of games because this happened in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. That's all the reason I'm saying. Big Boy was there. So I'm not, I'm not expecting him to show up to Orange Man. I'm not expecting him to show up to Houston. This happened in Atlanta, Georgia. Big Boy showed up with a mink and everything. We know Big Boy was showing up with a mink and a gold chain, nigga. Yeah. Surprised they didn't bring out a couple pit bulls and a parakeet. All right? Sleepy Brown was there, too. Didn't even have a part. Sleepy got a shout-out from Bun. Yeah. It was like Sleepy Brown in the building. Yeah. They were shout-out people in the audience that was Atlanta artists. Like, this is the thing, man. Like, you know, just being from just the South, period. Those songs brought me back. And Ooh. so, and I listen to everything. Like, and I'm not just one of those people to just say I listen to everything to say I listen to everything. You really do, Mike. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a drop in June 1st, and I'm ecstatic. Like, they haven't dropped an album since 2013. But no matter how far my music journey takes me, when I hear songs like Wood Will and all that shit, like, that shit is hard. I mean, and, and, and I don't care what Dre says. You hear these songs from A-Ball, MJG, like 9mm Boys and shit, that has to take you back to a place. You, you have to I'm still saying. bob your head to that. Mike, you know I'm doing another podcast with my guy that I've known since I was 15 years old in high school. We literally juxtapose popular culture, i.e. white songs, versus uh -huh. hip-hop songs. I just got done listening to You Don't Always Get What You Want by the Rolling Stones like 50 times. It's a beautiful record, Mike. When Space Age Pimpin' came on, it did something to me that exactly. you can't always get what you want. It's never going to do. Exactly. It's different. It's and Dre, like, no matter how far you go. It's like, ooh, it's like Christmas, Mike. I felt 14 again. And Dre, no matter how far you go on your musical journey, you cannot sit here and tell me that when Pocket Full of Stones and stuff like that come on, you don't feel the way that you felt. When Let Me See It came on, I was like, oh, I was like... Great record. Victory. <laughs> Reggie <laughs> says... Hold on, Mike. To, Mike, that's one of the first bars from UGK that I ever learned. To the ones that fuck for shrimp, to the ones that fuck for fun. If you ain't finna fuck... Pimp, nigga, you, you ain't, ain't finna fuck boy. <laughs> like, I remember where I was when I heard that song for the first that's, time. That's, that's required Southern listening and rhetoric. Reggie says, uh, with the Super Chat, he says, we can't fault Dre for not participating in something that clearly was last minute and thrown together. Would you... Um, He'd be showing up randomly <laughs> to train stations and airports. Why not? Would you... Uh, what do he say? Uh, would you put your name on something that was half-assed? That's a decent I, point, though. If the, if the people that paved the way for me are on it, I would actually put my name on it to make sure that it wasn't ass because you actually me putting my name on it changes the whole dynamics of it because of who I am. Well, speaking of putting your name on something, and I think I might have spoken about this when it happened. You remember when they did the One Music Fest, I think it was. It was Dungeon Fa It was a Dungeon Family reunion. And it said Big Boy, uh, and then it was Goody Mob, because CeeLo didn't take himself out of Goody Mob, even though he has enough solo work to do so. And it said Erica Badu or whatever, and special guests. And I'm like, is Dre special guest now? Like, you're not going to put your name on the flyer? Jesus. I don't know. 
LP says, Dre thought he was going to be a movie star. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Let's go song for song real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's run that down. All right. So, A Ball and MJG started off a 9 millimeter boy. And uh, UGK did Tell Me Something Good. I had 9 millimeter boys on that one. Yeah, I did too. Okay. We're on the same page here. Yeah, we are. So, I want to see what this scored out to be on ours. Uh, Let's see. Round two, Coming Out Hard, Pocket Full of Stones. I actually had Coming Out Hard on that. I actually had that. Pocket full of stones, but if you wanted to call it a wash, you could. Okay, okay. Let's see. Um, you keep scoring your end too, because I want to see what. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was actually about to, uh, actually about to do that. First one goes to eight ball and G, right? Yep. I got two uh, for eight ball and JG, and zero for UGK right now at three. In round three, I mean. Wash. Yeah. You got the wash. Okay. Um. We started this shit, which I love. I love it. But, I forgot about that too. But chopping like, oh, blades, God. I gotta go chopping blades. That was another one of those songs. When that, that shit came on, it did something to me. I was like, "Yo, that shit takes me back, man." No, you're right. You could have. Some people, you could have watched that record too. That's yeah, I was like, "Oh, started this shit it. was great." It is. You could have watched that record. I thought about watching that, but I, I'm, I'm with you. Chopping blades is probably slightly better. So I think it's more classic to our culture. Ray Realm says, what compelled me to send that cash out was the amount of guests that came out. No 3,000, Big Boy, Sleepy Brown, 2 Chains, etc. Uh, Dre must have been depressed. I think it was Young Dro that came out. Did 2 Chains come out too? I didn't see Chains. I saw Dro. I think you might be talking about Dro because they look similar to people sometimes. Uh, Thank you. A-Ball, MJG, Candy versus Front Back, Side to Side. I'm going Candy and that hurts me to say. I'm not. I'm going front, back, side to side. I'm not mad at you. That shit hard. I was actually thinking, I was like, that's a potential wash, but I lean on front, back, side to side. Front, back, side to side hard. See, I didn't know if he was going to do that one or the one with Tip. No, I'm cool with the original. I'm glad he did the original. Me too. Think the original. Because I thought Tip might have came out, but again, if we would have got some time for this shit and some weeks of preparation, maybe that could have happened. It'd be nice if there's a statement coming out that's saying Andre wanted to do this, but due to time conflicts. Oh, you know, like one of those long statements that he sends out to Rolling Stone? Well, I just like him to say in short, well, New Yorkers are busters and don't give us our proper doing justice. And I wasn't able to, like, you know, participate in it, but I would have had I been given the proper opportunity if these East Coast biases were stopping these dudes would stop being busters in scene. Hashtag the South got something to say. Um, Round five. We got uh, A Ball MJG featuring Lloyd forever. That was hard. And Wood Will, but I'm going Wood Will. I'm going Wash, actually. You know, I forgot how much I loved Forever. That shit was hard. Forever's the, forever's the low key burner on that album, Mike. That's what I'm saying. They know their catalog very well. They do. Um, a Ball MJG featuring CeeLo, Paying Dudes. We love that song, man. Me and my we boy, do. Uh, Nate, we love that. Song. Song. Is that the best song on In My Lifetime Volume 1? It's one of them. I, don't flex is my favorite, but if you okay. said that was the best song, I would be mad. Okay. Um, Step there. It's top three on that album, and that's a great album. Versus UGK High Life. I got A Ball MJG again on that. I got so so right now. Where do you have it? Because I have two for Ball and G, two for UGK, and two washes. I got four to two, Ball okay. and G. Okay. Uh, A Ball MJG featuring Young Dro. Tell the DJ bring it back. This was a banger too that I didn't expect them to do. You want to know what? 
Mike, I forgot about this record. Bubby. Like, like this. Tell the DJ, bring it back. Tell the DJ. Yes, it was hard. Bubby draped up. You gotta go A Ball and JG on this one again. I think that's Ball and G. Yeah, I do think that's Ball and G. I yeah. <sighs> Round eight. A Ball and MJG, Tila, Jazzy Face, Shona. Ah, versus Take It Off. Let's take it off. It is. Now, this is a wash for me because I personally what? like Take It Off, but I think in a vacuum, I'm going to have to say. Show enough is the bigger song. It's bigger, but it's not better. It's just hard for me to say that it's better than uh, Show Enough, man. That was a big, big song. I'm going to take it off. All right, I'm going to go take it off. I'm going to go take it off because I'm going to go with my gut because that's the song I personally like better. I felt like the crowd reaction was a little bit better to take it off, too. Was it? Okay. Felt that maybe a little bit, just organically. A-Ball, uh, Homeboy's Girlfriend uh, versus UGK 316. Might be 316. Yeah. Yeah. 316. So, okay, we're getting close on mine. I got uh, Ball and G at five, UGK at four. I got UGK at four, Ball and G at three, and two as a wash. Okay. All right, round 10. MJG featured Twister in the middle of the night. I love that record. And versus UGK, the game belonged to me. I'm going ball and G on that one personally. I think that's a wash. I ain't mad at that. Yeah. Yo, Twister killed this shit, man. Still a menace to the juice is diminished. Still, I'm a menace like I'm iceberg slim. I think that's one of his strongest verses at that time period. Like, I would say his Poe Pimpin' verse is probably his strongest. But this one, the way it happened, man. I was like, he just came in on that shit. And then he handled the hook. I can tell you how to get your game right. Yeah. He was tough on there. Yeah, he was tough on there. Uh, hold up. Where's the rest of this? Oh, I gotta click the next page. Sorry, guys. I'm on uh, this off-brand website. I'm gonna shout them out, too. Alright. Stop playing games with Ball and G versus Get Throw. Whew. I would see. I like get throw better, more. Excuse me, but I, I like stop. I thought I like stop I, playing. Games I think more. stop playing games is the better song. I do too. I yeah. like it more too, actually, than get throw. All right, ball and G, relax and take notes. I don't like that they did that. Murder gets that off top. That's easy. That's it. That's the easiest one so far. That's the easiest one was the murder because that's Bumby's, you know. Space Age Pippin versus Big Pippin. I think you're going to be surprised where I go here. That's Space Age Pippin. That's Space Age Pippin. Yes, it is. That's Space Age Pippin. That's Space Age Pippin. Where do you think you got Big Pippin from? Right. Let's put these down South Boys for a minute. Pimp Hard versus Let Me See It. That's Let Me See It. Let's Let Me See It, even though Let Me See It's incredible. That's an epic record. Pimp Hard is pretty dope, though. Yeah, Pimp Hard is dope. Ooh, Mr. Big versus Return. That's Mr. Big all day. Mr. Big, yep. <laughs> I was rapping every single word. My job at Mickey D's. Who's fucking oh. me with no grease? So, hold on. So where are we at? We, we're 15 tracks in, right? Uh, We're on track 16. But yeah, we're 15 in. I'm going to 16. I, I literally have it 6-6 six, six with three washes right now. It's literally tied. 
Man, I I don't have it that close. Ugh, arm robbery. Love that record. Versus kick though. Arm robbery. Really? Yeah. I, listen, I'm not mad at that, but Pimp C's verse is so epic on kick though. It is. Game fucked up and I ain't got no friends. And I just spent my last $70,000 on the drop top bins. Uh, and I'm a trill nigga. Trying to, it was like niggas down at Arthur. Still thinking of playing. Bust a 70 grand to make it feel what I'm saying. UGK and C murder. Cadillac. Oh, no, nah, I'm going that record. I'm sorry. And I love Arm Robbery. It's not better than Arm Robbery, Mike. It's not. You talking about one verse. I'm talking about the whole record. How we going to do okay. that? Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Pimp, okay, so how about this? Between the two songs, Pimp's moment is the best moment. You know what I'm saying? It is. But, but Robert, you're right. Because uh, yeah. after after Pimp goes off, the song kind of goes down. So That's arm robbery gets that. Yeah, it's arm robbery. I got to be fair. I'm sitting here being biased. Yeah. As y'all know, I'm a Pimp C fan. So, Okay, friend of foe. Versus Diamonds and Wood. I'm going Diamonds and Wood on that. Diamonds and Wood. Uh, lay it down, man. Jeez. Yeah, versus knocking doors down. Lay it down. Lay it down. Let's see, round 19. Lil John and the East <clears throat> excuse me, Lil John and the East Side Boys, A Ball and JG, White Meat. I was surprised they did that. I love White Meat. You don't like White Meat? Yeah, I was just surprised they did it. They could have did other stuff. And UGK liked- one day. I'm cool with excuse me. I'm cool with the wash, but I actually would probably lean towards A Ball and MJG on that. Okay. I like white I'll go meat. white meat. Yeah. Uh don't make me versus international players anthem. That's international players anthem. Don't make me is so epic though. I hate that those records like fell at the same time. But you're right, it's international players anthem. But I prefer Don't Make Me. That used so, to be the club starter. You know who used to ride with me to that? This is back when me, Holla, and Vashon, and that whole crew used to go to Mama's Prime Time out on Cuffington <laughs> Hey. Did you ever come with us to Prime Time, Mike? I have. Yep. Yeah, All I the way like, out there on the east side. I mean, felt, that's a long ride home. Right. I felt, yeah, it was a long ride home. I was about to say, I felt like you came with us to Prime Time and Time. Yeah, time. yeah. I remember going out there with Vashon and whatnot. We would skip the line. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, we had our, our bread up. You know what I mean? Like, we ain't standing here. in no lines. Hey, so look here. When Don't Make Me came on, it reminded me. You remember the neighborhood Vashon and Holly used to live in? Yeah. I pulled up on them one night so we could go to prime time. We're probably all 19, 20, 21 around then, right? He's playing Don't Make Me in the car. And I'm already fading. And I heard that thing come on. We were ready to go. That was our pregame music. People are saying in the chat, Don't Make Me. Yeah, Don't Make Me is pretty epic, Mike. That's what I'm saying. That was the pregame. Like, back in the day, that was our pregame music before we went to the East Side and went to Buckhead or whatever. Like, we play Look at the Grills and Don't Make Me and uh, Gangsta, and we be turned and be ready to go. Soul Maddox says International Players Anthem should have went against Throw Your Hands Up. Yes, it should have. Mm-hmm. But we know why it didn't. <clears throat> right. That would have been great. See, if they would have had time to plan that, maybe, though, that would have been great. The same way they could have done a Twister song and maybe Look at the Grills. Oh man! And if Ti could have came out there, Ti could have came did, out look, right because it's Atlanta. Yo, like when Ti raps like that, Ti is crazy. You know, I know Can people kind of look at Ti for because I think his versatility for a lot of people kind of hurts him. Right? They mm-hmm. see Ti in one way, but when he raps like the way he did on there and the way he did on Big Boy's song in the A, that nigga's on some other shit. 
But so look at the grill. Won't touch it. Ti's verse on "Look at the Grills" is the best verse on that album to me. <laughs> that nigga, when he raps like that, he understands the moment, man. Sure. So and you know, I really hate that he didn't. He said it all, Filene. Full carrots in the kind of shit. Yeah, just to crazy. let you suck a nigga's know that I'm the king. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Must be out your mind, nigga. Tip won't touch it. See, I'm a bust and let it burn like usher. Click, Usher's click, bang, nigga. End the discussion. Think shit sweet since you seen me with Puffy. Jeez. Yeah, his verse on In the A is crazy like that, too. Yeah, no, when he yeah. spazzes, yeah. he spazzes with the best. You know, he did that on that last verse, and I'm talking to you, too. Yes, like I said, because when me and you were talking, going back and forth about uh, King and I think it was Godson or whatever, I listened to King that next day, and I was listening. I'm talking to you like that nigga went crazy on that song. I'm talking to you might be his microphone fee moment. Actually, he went crazy. That third verse too, like, but the whole song. But if you and listen, what I'm saying when I'm talking about microphone fee moments. Black Thought on No Gold TC. Black Thought be having microphone theme moments all the time. All the time. That's what he does. That's his whole style. He loves rap. He loved to rap, Mike. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, that's he's what different. I'm he loved to rap. Okay, what I was going to say, though. Loved rap. That song, I always felt like it was directed at Wayne, right? And I what feel like it was kind of one of those subliminal things where it's like, because he named everybody that was popping at the time. And everybody mm-hmm. around Wayne, he actually named everybody from Cash Money but Wayne. And so I think that that's where the hunger was at, where it was like a little friendly competition or whatnot. It wasn't like okay. no beef or anything, but yeah. I yeah. think that, yeah, I'm talking to you was, the energy was directed at Wayne. Oh, a little spar session, because actually yeah. I was about to say, it was actually a, uh, it was a spaz session that was very comparable to Wayne's spaz session on Oh No from the Carter 2, which is around the same time. Right. Those were really two of my favorite verses that year. Like, both of those were top five verses that year to me. Mm-hmm. Alright, so I got A Ball MJG winning twelve to eight. That's what I got. I have I let me find out I got a whole tie up in here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You had a lot of washes. I literally have A Ball and MJG winning by one. I have them nine, eight with three washes. Okay. I think there might have been one that I might go back and give uh UGK over ball and MJG, but man. I mean, when I look at this, you know, I hate that UGK didn't do uh, break them off some. Yeah, I didn't. Understand I mean, both of, that. both of both of them. One thing that you realize is that they both left stuff on the table, Mike. Yeah, and I think that uh, A Ball and JG, maybe because it's two of them, you know, versus Bun B being one person, they did a better job of just you know going through their catalog and selecting. I do think that they should have. Eh, do you think they should have played the play away? With Mace? Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't like that record. I don't know how well that uh, record aged either, because I don't hear it anymore. Yeah, but also too, like you know, no East Coast allowed. Hold on, what? When did um, when did Ball do stop playing games? We we counted that down, Mike. I told you I, that's one of the ones I have on A Ball and MJG side. Hold on, where where what did that go against? I mean, oh shoot, might have pulled it back up. Hold on. Uh, that song was great. I forgot how great that song was. Yeah. Let I did. Me see, stop playing. You playing games, And about that money you making. See, friend of foe here, lay it down. Damn. Yeah, they they got bangers, man. 
for days. I think it might have been on the first page, but yeah. Um, trying to pull it up. Right and then, again, this is from a person who was more of a UGK fan than an 8-Ball MJG fan. I was a fan of both of them, but... Mm-hmm. But like I told you, it's like, well, everybody loves UGK so much because of the talent. Bum B is such a great spitter. Pippa right. so has such a great infectious voice with the melodies and the harmonies. But Bum B had one of the greatest feature runs in modern history, too, I think. You remember when he was on that feature run in the early 2000s? Yeah, but 8-Ball and MJG just make better records. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, the last comment uh, from the comment that I was reading initially was about the stage and the set. I, think I didn't have to set it off. Yeah. Yeah. Lack of think? effort. Well, what do you think is going to be the next versus, or do you think that this versus is kind of done for a minute? Because I think people in the chat are kind of putting out some fantasy versus that might happen. I think we strong armed them when I said that we was going to take it from them and drop it in the bag for one. So that's definitely part of why this is happening, just because we keep clowning them for doing a poor job and their egos won't let them take the heat for their failures as men and purveyors and gatekeepers or flame keepers or whatever fuck shit it is that they're on that they're really not. They don't like it, which is really why this happened. This happened because of pressure. They wasn't even going to do this. So probably we and a couple other publications and the people don't just sit up there and call them out and it's like yo y'all whack stop doing this clown stuff to give us what we want and so they go through their own archives obviously first and it's like oh yeah bun did say he wanted to do this two years ago when the pandemic started and we totally ignored him because you know they're southern and so let's go ahead and do that now and try to quell some of this we're not letting it slide it was great because we love to hear our legend shine and love to hear them perform y'all still doing sucker shit jay short says ti versus twister twister's feature game I think we still need to see, and maybe this is why T.I. was so hell-bent on doing, or going to get somebody from New York. Because he knew that if if he would have went to get somebody in the South, then they would have got shorthanded. You know what I mean? Was that the whole point? Maybe. Maybe that's where T.I. was coming from with it. Maybe T.I. was like, look, if I go up against 50 or whoever from New York, there's no way that they can, you know what I'm saying, make this a small event. He said that they would do it on neutral grounds, right? He did say that, Mike. I'm starting to like more of what T.I. was talking initially. And they kind of brushed T.I. off to the side, especially in that Jeezy situation. They brought Gucci in. And they haven't spoken on T.I. since. I think T.I. should accept the Busta Rhymes well, hold on, Mike. I mean, we're, you're making a strong selection and observation when you're saying that, because here's what you're saying. Because we have to understand Tip has been as a businessman for Southern artists, too. Right. And so as far as Southern, as far as businessmen in modern day Southern rap, what MC coming out of the South has higher business acumen than Tip in the last? You're right. You're right. No, I'm serious. I'm, I'm asking a question because it's like I'm not putting him on like Master P level but what i'm saying is in terms i would of business- say maybe ludicrous you know but that's different though not when it comes to the music luda's business is like elsewhere you know what i mean right and so i, and I could say two chains too but yeah i see i know what you mean right you get what i'm saying and so tip was maybe being a little bit more calculated than we originally thought with the whole new york thing yeah maybe 
he's only concerned about the New York thing because business wise, he can see they're more concerned about the New York thing. And he wants to get his proper due. He knows them personally. Right. He wants the proper due that comes with it, though. So he's like, no, y'all not about to shortchange us. I've been watching my heroes get shortchanged my whole life because he's what I call third generation classic Southern rapper. Because he's from the third generation. Like, he's the start of the third generation of this. He's like, no, no, no. I saw what y'all did the previous two generations. And And he has respect for his uh, the people that came before. And and those verses that you and I were just talking about, they come on his heroes records. Mm-hmm. And he knows the moment when he gets on those songs. Look, oh, he don't just he, dial it in. Because he loves his heroes and he's excited to work with them. He's going to show out for his heroes. I right? mean, on Trap Music, he put 8-Ball, MJG, and Bun B on the same song. Correct. I hate they didn't do that last night. Mad Max with the Super Chat says, that's not true. Buster wanted that smoke with T.I. And T.I. said, nah. I agree, <clears> but I like I told Coop offline, I think that with Buster, Tip doesn't win anything there, right? Let's just say T.I. does beat Buster Rhymes, mm-hmm. which many people think might not happen. Correct. What does he get from that? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. What does Hold on. What does somebody that's calling himself the king of the South and the best artist coming down here get from losing to like their 10 to 20? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Correct. He wants somebody that y'all have crowned. Right, and 50 is somebody And people, and, and you know, New York can say whatever y'all want. And I love Buster. And I think Buster's underrated and has been underrated many times. Y'all don't be talking about Buster's one of the goats. Y'all don't. I, hey, this whole, Mike, the 50 thing has been flabbergasting to me how people have held him up so high and talked about him in this manner and talked about how great his run was. I'm like, the way that people have talked about 50 in our comments have never talked about Buster Rhymes this way the entirety of his career, 50 don't have nothing on Buster as an MC. Now that I agree with you on. Hold on, uh, hold on. Hold the, on. Can I take Buster Rhymes versus 50 Cent? You feel nah, what I'm I saying? I don't want that. You don't want that? I don't want that. But the way these dudes got in the chat, Mike, the way these dudes got at me, like, you would think 50 was Buster on the mic the way they got at me. 50 not even Buster on the mic. That's why I was like, can I have Wayne? DiCarlo so says, my Go out on you and show you what a real dope MC from that era looked like. DeCarlo says Mob Deep versus Outcast, 50 versus T.I., Buster versus Eminem. Eminem doesn't want that. Oh. Twister versus CeeLo, Wayne versus Kanye. I like that. Cube mm-hmm. versus LL, Public Enemy versus Run DMC. Mm-hmm. Uh. No, no, you know cool. what? The Public Enemy versus Run DMC is interesting. It's not going to work. It's very different, but as far as like how their music comes through the speakers, very similar. A-Train says, I would love to see something, somebody battle Yo Gotti. Y'all really think highly of Yo Gotti. I know Yo Gotti's fan base is real huge. So, yeah, maybe Yo Gotti will get in there. DMG strong. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's go on to the next thing real quick. They finished up that Mount Rushmore. And um, the Mount Rushmore for the 2000s is Lil Wayne, Kanye West, Jay-Z, and Eminem. Um, LP with the Super Chat says what does it say about the King of the South if he can't beat the 10th best New York MC though? Coop, 50 got hit. You still stuck on the rapping. This is the thing. Even if he did beat him, what does that say? 
Right. They're not going to say nothing. They're going to be like, oh, here's what yeah. here's what happens. Here's why T.I. can't win, and here's why he probably <clears> – <throat> I'm looking at T.I. differently from how he played this because, first of all, anytime the media clowns somebody, I'm always paying attention to that person more because the media doesn't know a goddamn thing, Mike. Like, all right? <laughs> that's right. Anytime the media clowns somebody, that's immediately when I'm like, oh, well, what did he really say? Because I know they don't know anything. And so he might actually be saying something. So the media clowned him about some of this 50 and Busta Rhymes stuff. If he beats Buster Rhymes in a versus, you know what we all say? Because I'm going to come on here and say it too. It's like, well, it's not like he went against Nas or Jay exactly. or him. Exactly. Right. And he already knows that. T.I. doesn't win he, anything from this. Hold on. I'm a Southerner who thinks he's the most versatile MC to come out of this region. And if he were to beat Busta, I'd be like, well, let's taper the expectations of it and not make too much of it because it's not like he beat Nas or beat Big or beat Jay. Because that's where immediately people would go the next day. They would immediately go there the next day. Uh, Mad Max says, uh, we we take 50 more serious than Buster because 50 had a wave and a movement. LOL. I like Buster, but he's like Red Man with the cartoonist raps. Hold on. I'll take you to the candy shop. I got the magic stick. That's for the radio. No, Mike, that's some that's some cartoon shit. Candy shop? Magic stick? You're never going to let us forget the candy shop. Or magic stick. At least magic stick was dope. Candy I was going to say, magic stick was hard. No, it's a banger. Candy, shit, candy shop is like some trash off the cutting floor of magic stick. Okay. <laughs> so Eminem got that final spot. Uh, we thought, well, I thought T.I. should have gotten it or whatnot. Speaking hold of on, hold on. Let me ask y'all something. Why don't 50 have that spot? If 50 was so great and ran all this shit and he's from New York and from Queens, like y'all say. You know what? This is this is the order I would put it in. Because the massacre's not any good, that's why. I will put this in... I'm going T... Because the choices were what? T.I., Nas, 50, and M. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say T.I., then I'm actually going to say Nas, and then I'm going to say 50, and then I'm going to say M. And before everybody goes crazy on me about, you know, where I place M in this, my thing is, when I see these Mount Rushmore's, I think about impact. And other than the fact that Eminem signed 50 or however that relationship worked, where is Eminem's actual impact in hip-hop? And not just pop culture or whatever, whatever. We're talking about hip-hop. Now, if this was a pop Mount Rushmore, cool, whatever. But when he made Stan and The Real Slim Shady and Without Me, nobody was running like, yo, I got to make a record like that. I got to work with this producer or whatever. You know what I mean? AK yeah. The Curtain says T.I. versus The Game. I like that. I'm fair with that. Reggie says, We've said uh, that before. you have Scarface, Pimp C, Slim Thug, MJG, Trade uh, the Truth, and Fat Pack all on the track. Who gets the last verse? Face. Not even a question. Last verse? Yeah, last verse goes to I face. think Pimp C starts it off. And yeah. yeah you know face. what? MJG is a really good closer, too. MJG is a good closer. That's Face. Yeah. The close, he gets to close. So it's really about what Face wants to do. But is Face really a posse cut guy like that? No, Face, face is good anywhere. Okay, Mad Max says 50 should have... Um, remember Homies and Thugs? Master P, Tupac, remember Homies and Thugs? Remember this uh, joint with Short and all those other dudes that he jumped on a few years back? I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Mad Max says 50 should have that spot of a hoe. Ooh, I don't, I don't agree with that. LP he was says... more records than hoe. 
T.I. Was, was sipping on whatever you like. Yeah. Uh, whatever you like is better than candy shop. That's for damn sure. Of course it is. Uh, but Actually, yeah. The Paper Trail is better than The Massacre. Okay, so here's the thing. 52nd best album is The Massacre. Paper Trail is T.I.'s fourth best album. Paper Trail is better than The Massacre. Stop telling me The Massacre is a good album. Now, I think T.I. has a better catalog than 50. Now, I wish he wouldn't have called 50 out, but see, again, when he called 50 out, that let me know that this is more about taking on a notable name in New York from his era. You know what I'm saying? And there was really nowhere else to go, right? Like, who else is he going to call out? So 50 running New York and running rap, like people have been saying in this chat around the time, but we're sitting up here saying viably that if you were to put The Massacre in T.I.'s catalog, it'd be, what, the fifth best album? So what is he running? I mean... What is he running? (laughs) Right, what do you run? You had a great album. Do you know how many rappers in this business have had a classic album? So do you think it's fair to have 50 and T.I. do the next verses? I mean, if you're cool with 50 losing in an embarrassing loss, because that's what I'm trying to tell you, is that after you get through those Get Rich or Die Trying records and some of those mixtape records that pop, oh, that's not enough to beat somebody like Tip. It's not. Because let's look at this. Let's look at this. Anybody that T.I. is going to go against. Mike, I don't know what y'all are saying to think The Massacre is good. There is no way you can put Get Rich or Die Trying on and then listen to The Massacre right after and tell me that that album is good. In My Hood was hard. I like In My Hood. I like uh, Out of Control Remix. Out of Control Remix, yes. (laughs) Out of Control Remix is crazy. I liked... Actually, I think that's Eminem's best produced song. I like Ski Mask Way. Ski Mask Way is the best record on there, probably. I think it is. Yeah, Ski Mask Way is the best record on there. I like Disco Inferno. I'm cool with Disco Inferno, actually, Mike. I'm cool with Disco Inferno. I like that record. I like Rider Music. And I like, uh, go give me style, go give me grace. God gave me style is a dope record. That kind of harkens back to his mixtape days a little bit. You're saying a lot of these records are dope. They're, they're, they're just dope, Mike, as in like they're fours out of fives. And you just like named almost all the dope records on there. It's like 22 songs. You just named the too many songs, songs on there. And now I do agree with that. It's too many songs on there. Mad That's Max says, like, cool. <clears throat> excuse me, Coop, 50s mixtapes and G-Unit albums are better than his albums, except for Get Rich and I Try it. Um, going to the Massacre... Versus, he gonna get crushed. He's so like, going not- to the Massacre, it's not about the albums, mixtapes, and group albums. Count 50s Smokes T.I. If you count all those things, 50 Smokes T.I. Okay. Baltimore <laughs> Love thing was hard, too. If 50 brings some of that mixtape shit over here... We're going to bring some down the king, down with the king shit over here, Mike. How you feel? Oh, T.I. Right. got shit. Now, yeah, T.I. got mixtape shit, too. You you all just don't know. <clears throat> we can play that. I'll put down with the king up against all those 50 mixtapes. Won't you, Mike? I would, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would. He's yeah, rapping crazy on there. <laughs> yeah, you need to stop that. Some of T.I.'s best rhyming stuff is actually on his mixtapes, too. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So check yourself and go listen to Tip's mixtape catalog before you sit up and there. And I think T.I. got a lot of really uh, high-level features and stuff, too. That you can play no, that's what with. I'm saying. Rigor Raw is right. There's six or seven joints on the Massacre. <laughs> it's like, well, how many tracks is on there? Like 20. Yeah, so like there's way third. too many songs on the Massacre. So if a, hold on. So once again, much like Donda, if a third of an album is dope, guess what that means about the album? It's not dope because there's another two-thirds. I didn't really like Piggy Bank like that. 
Piggy Bank hasn't aged well. I liked it more when it came out than I do now. My Toy Soldier. Uh, yeah, he just now, had too many songs on the album. Yeah, but one third of an album doesn't make an album good. That's what I'm saying. Like the seven tracks that are good, it's like 20 songs. Submit. Well, you know what? I think, I, you know what? I'm with it. I want to see a TI and 50 um, versus. Break the weed up on it like Jada Kiss said on Checkmate because ain't no really good shit on there. What about, well, speaking of Jada Kiss, how do you feel about T.I. and Jada Kiss? Huh? What on the massacre would go on 50's greatest hits? Uh, I think what would go on there would probably be the Out of Control remix. I think Disco Inferno. <laughs> yep. I think, uh, I wouldn't be mad if uh, My Hood, but that's not like a hit song or whatever, but I think that's one of his stronger songs. Okay. Um, I think Ski Mask Way, Baltimore Love Thing, you know. Yeah. So Ray Rum says, Mike, Coop. Keeps running, Coop keeps running from that 50 versus uh, Jeezy smoke. Pretty soon he'll be replacing Jeezy with Michael Jackson. No, versus I said this. no, I've said this. We're still going to do the Jeezy thing, oh, but I'm just wait. saying the way y'all are talking about him makes me want to pick somebody on a level that y'all keep placing him on so I can show you all that he's not on that level. As in, if you give me T.I. or Wayne, I'm going to embarrass his catalog embarrass his catalog like he's only going to win five records against those guys embarrass his catalog billy bar says 50 has begged for mercy it's a it's a rap should be begging for mercy that that album didn't get made that shit wasn't hot like that beg for mercy's hard what are you talking about beg for mercy's not like that what do you play off beg for mercy still to this day i still play popping them things so do i and that's the only record on there i still play (laughs) (laughs) Nah, man. Beg for Mercy she got some joints on it. I was like just a, playing uh, straight out of Southside. Banks is the highlight of the record. She had my balls hit first like a soccer star. Like, no, he's not even the highlight of the record. Like, stop that. That's I like Banks on straight out of Southside, too. But that's on the second one. Yeah. Beg for Mercy's cool, but it's like popping them things is the only classic record on there that held up. Speaking of not holding up, I just, I, I mean, I just got to keep it real. And I know they went by votes. And I think they probably did this on purpose. They went ahead and left Eminem off. And this is Rap Caviar, by the way, who put together this Mount Rushmore. And then they went on fan votes to vote for who was going to be in the fourth spot. Eminem overwhelmingly won with like 70% of the vote. But let's just be real, man. His music just did not age well. Like no one listens to... White people voted. Okay. <laughs> okay. A lot of people voted, I guess. What? But... If you want seventy percent of the vote in a hip hop poll, white people voted next. So I'm not being that same. The Eminem show uh, just released. It's like it had like a re-release. I don't know if any of you guys heard it, but they just re-released on the anniversary, the twentieth anniversary of the Eminem show. Did you hear it, Coop? What the, the, the what the extra tracks? Yeah. Why would I do that? The extra, you know. It's no, from, no, no, I'll take time from to a classic time. Yeah, I mean, I guess if the Blueprint would have released its 20th anniversary with extra tracks, we'd be all on it, right? Well, the Blueprint is an undisputable hip-hop classic. I'm sure if Stillmatic would have released some extra tracks, we'd be all on it. It would have been up at midnight last night. Yeah. Mad Max says, uh, Coop, besides ATL, who thinks that, uh, he thinks T.I. like that? 50 music influenced other regions. LOL. The Chirac Drill Waves. Most most of them guys' favorite rapper is 50. Now, I didn't know that. 
Well, I got to give T.I. this credit, and I usually okay, don't no, do no, it. No. So, Where trap so, music come from? Hold on. Here's what I know. I know T.I.'s inspiration down here has created more quality music than 50s wave that you're talking about. So I'll take that any day. Like I'll take T.I.'s inspiration just down here in Atlanta and the artists that he's influenced and done work with over all that shit you're talking about 50s. Well, who would you say are T.I.'s influences? I, I mean, not T.I.'s influences. Who has he influenced? I mean, I think most of these guys trying to be on the radio down here in some sort of shape or fashion fashion themselves after tip, quite frankly, Mike. Like, they need to fashion themselves after future or after tip. They don't fashion themselves after Jeezy. They don't fashion themselves. Maybe some Gucci. Definitely no Luda. Who do these Atlanta rappers fashion themselves after? Who do they really want to be like? They're saying he, that T.I. is an afterthought. I don't agree with that because it's like he has a better catalog than 50. Y'all talking about 50's legacy. Like, 50 has one great album. That's why y'all keep going to his legacy because he didn't do like great material like that. Just talking about the people that he influenced. He came along in a week time, Mike. He yeah. came along at the end of Jay and Nas's run. Yeah, it was transitional. It was transitional. He's a transitional figure. Yeah. Tupac's a transitional figure too. He's just, you know, so much better. Somebody said Atlanta artists laugh at T.I. You guys are tough in here. Atlanta artists laughed at T.I. Does this dude live in the A? Because I, I don't know. Because I've been back in the A since 07. And I didn't seen, I personally have seen Tip in very many places and been in the building with him many times. And I ain't seen that motherfucker laugh. So what is this dude talking about? Like niggas be popping up here saying this stupid shit. And like they need to stop. Like you don't be out here like I do. It's like, no, nah, don't nobody down here in the A be doing that, fam. So like stop saying that dumb shit. That's not how it rolls down here. Speaking of do talking, that, man, did you hear what uh, Nori said? Do that shit in your neighborhood for real. That's what I'm talking about with that disrespect. Don't be talking <laughs> about our legends and our artists like that. Was you down here and outside with Tip out here? Because I've been seeing Tip outside since I got back from Cali. And I ain't seen one nigga laugh or disrespect in public live when I seen him. Jay Short says the 20th anniversary of Eminem show came out and the media is highlighting a Ja Rule diss. That says a lot about the music and how it's aged. Right. And honestly, man, let's just keep it real. 20 years later, to leave a Ja Rule diss on a re-release, that's clout chasing, man. Can we call that what it is? Like, you don't have no real problem with Ja Rule. I'm sure I've seen Ja Rule since then. Ja Rule's cool. Everybody's older. These guys are nearly 50 years old. To leave that diss on a, on a, a re-release of a 20th anniversary, that's clout chasing. But... You know what? I will say this. Interscope always finds a way to sell controversy, even if something's old, stale, and over. I mean, since we're here on the Interscope thing, you know, they're very problematic when it terms of how they really will use artists in this community and promote them and make them big, big stars, but also use the media to tear them down and tear them apart. They're very problematic. Uh, LP says, uh, nobody is hope. Oh. Nobody's ATL saying T.I. is not the one. Gucci is future. Excuse uh, me. What did he say? Uh, I don't know. I think I think he was saying nobody in ATL is saying T.I. He's not the one. Gucci and future. I guess he's saying Gucci and future is the one. Mad Max says T.I. Oh, came no. in that same time, too. He's saying T.I. came in a weak era. No. Okay, so let's unpack both of those things. Have Gucci and future stylistically influenced more artists than T.I.? Down here? Yes. Yeah. Hold on. 
listen to what I'm about to say. That's also why the music isn't as good. So you're not really like making things better when you say that. Because had they been more influenced by Tip, the music down here wouldn't be as lackluster and get criticized the way that it does now. Because Tip, unlike 50, made consecutively great projects over and over again. Well, you know what? This is what I'm going to say. We can move on. T.I.'s influence is more so about the fact that I think Luda was the first solo rap star on a mainstream level that Atlanta had. But T.I. was the first one that actually came from the underground of it and the streets of it and just continuously elevated. And people saw like, yo, I can do that. Or I could be, I could do this. Because Luda's rise was different. Like he was 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 a radio radio legend or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But as far as like street MCs, that actually made it from mixtapes and made it to another level and put out album after album. I think that's what T.I.'s influence is on Atlanta, in my personal opinion. But that's what I'm trying to say, is that people don't understand. Is is it like, okay, what 50 did in New York? Oh, no, people have taken New York like that before. You understand what I'm saying? Not like that. No, 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 Wu-Tang had the streets like that, Mike. I mean, but he had the streets and the mainstream on a real high level. Like, I don't think I've seen a buzz like 50. Hold on, hold on, Mike. Didn't you just bring up Ghost Numbers from Iron Man in 96 the other day? Oh, yeah. Okay. Wasn't Ghost doing, like, what, almost 200,000 copies without any, with Daytona 500 being the first single? You don't think Wu-Tang big in the mainstream in 96? I feel you. But 50 was doing 1.3 million in four days, man. Okay. So let me explain why he did 1.3 million in four days. It's called... Eminem, 50 Cent, Dr. Dre. Did Eminem even do those numbers? Huh? Did Eminem even do those numbers? Eminem influenced those numbers because Eminem's who signed him, so all the people who were attached to Eminem at the time, because this is when Eminem is at his peak. So when he signed 50, it was a big deal. Of course. No, no, no. It's huge. So so, So don't make it seem like 50 got those numbers. If 50 does not go to Aftermath with Eminem and Dr. Dre, he don't even do 5 million. Fuck 10. No, no, I agree with that 100%. LP with Super Chat says, Gucci don't have the albums T.I. has, but the influence is more. The South respects hustle more than the artistry. Influence is influence, good or bad. I mean, I think people respect T.I.'s hustle, too. Hold on, when you're talking about about they respect the hustle, it's like, I understand Tip has more money, notoriety, and a better catalog than, than Gucci, though, but okay. It's like Tip literally has everything over Gucci. Like, he has a better catalog. He has more money. He has more notoriety. He's the better rapper. So it's like Gucci can have the influence. Tip checks every other box. JC88 says that T.I. had a three-year run. Is that what y'all think? Okay. Hold on. What did 50 have? That's why I keep saying this. What did 50 have? You know what I think's going on here? I think people in Atlanta feel like T.I.'s run was longer because we sat here and experienced it. And people from the outside didn't. And I think people outside of New York think 50s uh, run was shorter because we didn't experience it like they did the T.I. You know what I mean? Right. Okay, so... I think that's what's going on here. No, I'm going to respect 50s movement. I'm going to tell you something I remember about 50s movement. You remember Malah when we worked at Dave & Buster's, right? Yeah. Malah went up top, you know, because she from up top. She from Jersey. Malah went up to New York. When we were all at DMB one summer, and that was when 50 dropped that 50 Cent as a future mixtape, right? Uh-huh. La came back down and she talked to me. I was like, I was like, how was NY? How was up top? Like, what you do? Woo, woo, woo. She was like, yo, cool. I'm like, what? She was like, they treating this nigga fifth like he God. 
I was like, what? She was like, no, no, no. She was like, he king up there on a whole nother level. We don't understand down here right yeah. now. And I was like, what you mean? She was like, they treating him like Nas and like Jay. I was like, no. I was like, you can't do that with him. I was like, he's not that. She's like, that's how they treating him right now. I was like, now keep in mind, he had a buzz in Atlanta when all that was going on. But I didn't hear, hear it like that. And so I can say the same thing in reverse that she told me about 50 up top at the same time. Yeah. Tip down here. Yeah, exactly. Right. Jay Short says. All these people, uh, all these people talking. <clears throat> well, y'all weren't down here for tip. I had somebody up top tell me 50 was God and was king. But while he was God and king up there, wasn't nobody down here talking like that because tip was coming up and running shit. How you love that? And who been running this rap shit the last 20 years, Atlanta or New York? Huh. Uh, Jay Short says T.I. is carrying on the lyrical tradition in the South. When people were when people were hating, Fifty moved New York away from lyricism to gimmicks. Facts. That's why drill raps rappers like him. This is facts. These are all facts. Who said that? Who said that? Jay Short said that. He's from the West Jay Coast, Short, so he's not Those are straight facts, Mike. That shit is fire right there. He is putting down. Well, Jay Short's from the West Coast, so he is neutral. I would imagine. That's um, fact. Right? Those are all facts. T.I. stepped the lyrical game up for MCs down here. 50 took this shit down. That's why Mala looked at me and told me, she was like, they treating him like Nas or Jay, like he like he's on that level of MC. And I'm like, oh, he ain't that kind of MC. She's like, I know. And she looked at me and she was like, I crushed that nigga right now. I was like, you sure will? It's like, you sure will. Mala would have crushed him right then. Like, like Mala, you know La, she rapped like Lauren, like Che Noir, like Love. Like, high, highest, highest level of rap. She was looking at me like, yeah, she's like, they treat this nigga like it's king. Like, it's a joke. But he had the songs, man, the mixtapes and everything. LP says, <laughs> the whole mixtape movement that helped make T.I. is 50's blueprint. That's true. Drama said to himself that they took what 50 did for T.I., Wayne, and Jeezy's tapes. That's 100% correct. I, I will say that. Uh, Mad Max says... Bro, outside of ATL, T.I. ain't popping nationwide until you bring up, um, until bring him out. A swagger like us. 50 in New York. Uh, 50 is New York. You don't get, you don't get it. Uh, he was dead king up top. Uh, he was, uh, he was nationwide. That's different. No, hold on. No, he wasn't. When those mixtapes were coming out, he was in New York. He didn't go nationwide until the Interscope deal. Stop that bullshit. I'm ahead, fam. Stop that bullshit. But, but you got to admit, though, his nationwide rise was crazy, man. His nationwide rise did not happen until he signed on the dotted line with Interscope and they started promoting him. He was a New York nigga. We would not I remember the first time show. I heard uh, that he signed the, to Shady was uh, one of the mixtapes. He was rapping over Eminem Soldier beat. People I wish they like, put that on this extended version. People acting like he had some sort of buzz. Man, the buzz started with in the club drop. Stop that. Nah, the buzz started with Wankster. We ain't gonna do that. I'll give you Wankster. Yeah, yeah. the buzz started with Wankster. And that was on the 8 Mile soundtrack. All in the scope stuff. But yeah, Wankster was the, the buzz. Hold on, hold on. Wankster was on what? That was on 8 Mile. Say that again, Mike. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. Wankster was on what? It was on the 8 Mile soundtrack. Who's out? Hold on. Whose movie is that, Mike? That's Eminem's movie, but uh, let me uh, no 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 no. Uh, let me say this. Let me say this. Distributed by who? Mike. Mike. Distributed by who? That's I'm an sorry. Interscope. That's an Interscope oh, project. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I thought he was. I thought. Oh, so he did that, or did Interscope and Eminem's Buzz and Eight Mile do that? I'm let sorry. Let me ask you Let's this, though. Cool. Let's get it together. What what song do you think? Or not? Not do you think? What song were people playing off of that album the most? 
Was it lose yourself or was it wangster? Uh, public radio, um, um, mass consumption, popular hip hop. Hip hop. I don't want to talk oh, about the mother wanks, folks. Hip hop wings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hip hop okay. So just for that alone, I personally like Rakim's song on there. Although I thought it could have been better, but yeah. Just for that alone, this man can't be on Mount Rushmore. You had your biggest song, probably one of his best songs, "Lose Yourself." Didn't he win an Academy Award for that? It Nobody wasn't did. bigger in hip hop than Wangster. No, I like actually. I actually like Winston, and I actually like Fifty. Actually, Mike, and I think people are taking some of the things that I'm saying the wrong way. But what we're not about to do is place people high because they made one great album and make it seem like they had some sort of all-time great run. Fifty had a great moment. That moment is attached to a lot of ancillary help, musically speaking. I will give him the creative license and brilliance of Get Rich or Die Trying. It's one of the greatest rap albums ever. Mike, you know my boy, Eric Boyd. That's the only dude I've ever lived with other than my cousin Six. Eric literally walked into my room one day when we were roommates because I played Get Rich or Die Trying so much. He said, if you play this nigga 50 one more time, I'm going to take my gun and shoot you like they shot that nigga on many men. That's how much I was playing Get Rich or Die Trying. You know, like, and, and you know, I was, I was on the opposite end of you. that. I don't even like the dude. And Eric is straight college park nigga. He don't fuck with fit. DeCarlo says Dre, Snoop, M, and 50 literally their own Mount Rushmore. What Mount Rushmore would that be specifically? I, I don't know. Because those are all different figures. Like 50 a great transitional figure. Yeah. But the guy made a very astute comment when he said T.I. took lyricism up or maintained the standard of lyricism for the South. Isn't like the standard. No, nah, he took it up. He did. He took it up. No, no. Because before T.I. came along with trap music, rappers were at these open mics in Atlanta yelling on the mic like Pastor yes, Troy were. and Lil and, John. Hold and hold when T.I. came through and did what he did, people started rapping. And we know that, Mike, because we were at those open mics. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the right? change. Like, I he changed the scene. Yeah, we saw the change. We were yeah. witnesses to the change because we were artists trying to get in the game down here. We saw how he changed things. Yeah, he changed so, it. So, so the same way people feel about 50 up top, guess what? At the same time, we had tip down here. That's why we didn't even catch 50s flame like that until Wankster and Get Richard Die Trying, which is what? Interscope, Eminem, The Machine. That was Literally, an inescapable buzz, though. No, it was inescapable. Mike, it's Interscope. Go look at the biggest selling rap albums of all time. Yeah. And see how many of them come out of Interscope. Because yeah. it's literally two-thirds. Yeah, it's crazy. Two-thirds of the biggest selling rap albums of all time have come out of Interscope. So what did you think was going to happen? And that's before Get Rich or Die Trying. Well, you got to go listen to Beg for Mercy. Yo, let me get to uh, right. Nori's tweet real quick. I don't need to remember that, Mike. It was <laughs> just a... So Nori went in on, I guess, artists in general, right? He says... I've been the best to this culture. I've always put hip hop first, and I see you guys to uh, you guys go to Ellen and David Letterman and Zane Lowe and treat them with respect, and then the culture. But you say you want black excellence. Okay, I guess there should be some comments there. And then he said, "I'm gonna be honest. Even going to Oprah and Gail, he said Gail. I guess he means Gail. It's trash at this point. We control our culture." Why go outside of it? Uh, people speculated that he was talking about Cardi B because Cardi B recently is on uh, David Letterman's series of interviews that's on Netflix. 
And he went out there and said he wasn't talking about Cardi B. So, um, Jay Short says, 50's not the best rapper in G-Unit. Uh, he ready for, is he ready for T.I.? I mean, he got the best songs. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. Mad Max says, uh, also, we take 50 more seriously over T.I. because he won rap beefs ex- except when he got cooked by Jada. But who is T.I.B.? Flip, Luda cooked him. Tip cook Flip and Luda. What are you talking about? Uh, he, cooked, he cooked Flip and Luda. What are you talking about? People are saying that Luda destroyed T.I. You mean, all right, I'm going to be fair, man, because I love Luda. And I love T.I. too. I'm going to say this. First things first. Hold on. Let's say it for the A, Mike, so that these niggas from outside understand how we feel. First they things first. Yeah. I think the T.I.'s verse on the song that I believe you guys are referring to. Stomp. Yeah, Stomp. Young Buck Which Stomp. Is, coincidentally enough, is on a G-Unit album. Right, right of course. Um, right. I think the T.I. has the best verse on that song. Buck's album's better I think T.I. Than- has the best line on the song. Me getting beat down, beat that's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I think what people miss, and you know, it happens, it happened with cannabis and LL. Clearly, Luda heard his verse and he went after and recorded it, and that's why they took T.I.'s verse off, because he was unaware of all that going on. Now maybe T.I. shouldn't have thrown a shot at him, whatever. But if that's what you're talking about, he killed him. No, he didn't kill him. Because if you, if you kill somebody, they're not coming with heat after that. Because the down with the kings and all that happened after that. Correct. And so, also, let's get this straight. Tip didn't hear Luda shit. Luda got to hear Tip shit and still couldn't outdo him. Yeah, that's not a better verse than his verse. Not a better, y'all not should a go better. on YouTube and look it up. And I, hey, look, I could say that I think that Luda's probably a better freestyler than Tip. And he has more flow than Tip and all that. But when we look at verse to verse, that's not a better verse. All of them are like Ludacris got T.I. And it's like, no, y'all don't know y'all history. Um, Hanson says 50 had a song with Bun B before signing the Eminem. Yeah, 50 was on, man. LP says Luda got T.I. on Stump. Get off the T.I.P. of my dick. I don't don't really love that verse as much as y'all love it, I guess. Luda is more lyrical than T.I. Yes. Yes. Okay. On 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 a literary devices level, that okay. Because like, I was gonna say, because see, I can actually tell stories and you know get more in depth. That's not lyrical, I guess. No, I I get what they're saying when they're saying Luda's better lyrically. He checks more of those fundamental hip hop boxes than Ti does as an MC. Hmm. Like his verse on the "Made You Look" remix. Well, I'm thinking like on the shit than evicted tenants. What's he? Luda's. Not Luda. T.I. stays away from metaphors, you know what I mean? And similes yeah. and stuff. So, but I still think that if you do like, uh, what's his, what's the verse I was thinking about? It was like A Town Veteran. Started at 11, went and bought an eight ball. I've been staying down ever since. So, it's hard to find another rap nigga better than the Bankhead Resident, West Side Represent, Pimp Squad Mobster, Grand Hustle President, Heart of a Lion and the Nuts of an Elephant, Trap Music, uh, Heaven Said, Hating and It's Evident, You're trying to set stack precedents. I'm trying to set precedence. The comparisons insult my intelligence. Real, recognize, real, and real. You ain't never been. That's not lyrical? Hold on. Stop for a second. You know what he just did? He's using literary devices in the abstract term and connecting in the same way Nas does. That's what I'm saying. It's like, 
what are y'all actually saying? And I and I feel but Luda. I love just, Luda, but I think people are getting caught up in the words flipping. Right, but what I'm trying to tell you is that the verse that you just spit, the way that he formulated it, is the same way Nas formulates a lot of his thoughts and spits it out, and it gets called what genius and yeah. the best stuff ever. It's those abstract literary devices that are connected to make a cohesive thought and a dope song. Tip does that as well as any Southern MC. That's what Nas does well. That's People got to give credit for their work, man. Billy Barr says, who got Nas? Who got KRS? Legends have no debate. It's true. That's another level. 50 and, 50 and T.I. And these guys, we're talking about, they're not on Nas and Jay's level. And, and they're, not, they're, they're not on KRS level. Nobody ever said that they were. No. 50 somewhere way back behind tip overall anyway like like tips like 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 borderline 20 25 like 50s like 40 on the list like I think that back, this, this no is, master ace has master ace has a classic rap album too we don't be talking about master ace like that this is my thing man i think stunts in hip-hop black moon the shining you know how many dudes have made one classic rap album that had the scene for a minute come on i think that T.I. has shown us that he could do more than Ludacris lyrically. Yeah, he's more versatile. That's yeah. like you're saying, more versatile. What you're going to get from Luda, you're going to get from Luda. Hey, can I interest you in the DOCs? No one can do it better. How many guys have released one classic rap album? It happens all the time. Well, there's levels to the classic level, too. And, and no, DOCs no is high. Pretty high on Mike. No yeah, DOCs is high. No. no one can do it better by the DOC, Mike? Yeah, that's, that's very high. High, high level. That's very high level. Marinette says, uh, Luda killed T.I. on uh, Wish You Would and Top of the World. Okay. LP says, uh, that's how 90% of the beefs work. One person makes a diss record, the other person hears it, and then they respond. T.I. didn't go back at Luda. Luda watched T.I. That's fair. I think that the fact that uh, T.I.'s career trajectory continuously went up Proves that he didn't kill him, but hey, that's just my opinion. Hold on, how about this? From the moment that those disses got made, how did their careers go? Exactly. So what y'all talking about? I'm just saying. Because one person ascended and one person descended. Yeah. But okay, you telling me that he faded him, though. If you catch a fade like that, you're going to catch the fade, right? Why wouldn't he affected by it if Luda had it like that? Because he didn't have it like that. Because he didn't fade him. Because nobody down here... Nobody down paid. here thought that. Nobody down here thought he got paid. And yeah. guess where those guys are from? No, right, no, not for real. The respect, so the respect in this community and part of what helped Tip thrive is that all of us down here is like, yo, the nigga <laughs> Luda heard Tip verse and still couldn't fade him. Oh shit, like this nigga Tip. That's how that happened down here. I mean, I heard it and was like, okay, that verse is cool, but I actually like Ti's verse better. Yeah, a hundred carats on my chest. I'm so true to this. Yeah, the I'm about to oh, listen to oh, that oh. shit when we get he, off the phone. He dripping on that track. Before yeah. drip is a thing. Right. He dripping on that track. He's like, nigga, all you get is Rodney Dangerfield. No respect. I'm no a respect. bet. You can bet that. I caught some cases, but this just a minor setback. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, yeah he crazy. Red a five a fried on a six pack. <laughs> she was fine. Hold on, hold on. And, 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 and hold on, and never get this twisted. He's living that shit he's talking about right then, right there, too. That flow was crazy, man. Yeah, his flow was crazy. He's living this life that he's talking about right now, Living too. what a saying, my rhymes. Uh, LP says, Jay's career went farther than Nas. Nas ain't win. It wasn't immediate, though. 
Jay had to dig himself out that hole. Jay's career went further than Nas. Where have you been the last three years? (laughs) What he's talking about after Ethan. Hold on, hold on. After the beef, if I'm not mistaken, Nas made Godson, right? He did. Made You Look was heavy. I remember hearing Made You Look for the first time thinking like, yo, man, this might be the best Nas single I ever heard. It is the best Nas single. It's his best crazy. release. It's his best release song. He made his best single, which is on some street rap shit, after the beef. What are people talking about? And he made a, got a platinum plaque off of it. Godson actually has hit records, street records, and platinum respect. What are you talking about? What did you think about what Nori had to say? Not a lot, but and I'm going to tell you why. <clears throat> if you want respect, you have to behave in a manner as such that garners the respect. I'm going to go back to some people that we often reference in our black community again. No matter for what their iniquities may have been, Dr. King and Malcolm X were men of respect. Okay? Yeah. He seems to be seeking respect that he really hasn't earned. And I'm going to say that respect. As a journalist. Because he's not even some say, very, very journalist. proven journalist. Yes, because he's a respectable journalist. There's a lot of, uh, no, I'm not going to use any of those negative connotations. There, there's just a lot. There's some of the things that go on with his show where it's like, well, if you want respect as a real interviewer, then stop doing some of the uh, immature hood politics things, like the whole stopping for a shot all the time. You know? Yeah. Like, Because here's my thing. And I told you this. It's like, well, how are you going to get KRS-One or Rakim or Cool G Rap to come in there? You think they're 60 years old? They want to jerk and smoke weed with you all night in front of the camera for their legacies and who they are? You think Chuck D about to come in there and sit down and burn it down with you? He's yeah. Chuck D to people. And yeah. so it's like, if you want certain things, why don't you put yourself in a position to have the things that you want? Because you have the money and the clout and the respect within your community to do it. Why don't you start changing some things so you can have what you want? Because I mean, we've seen I Joe Budden do it. I mean, I don't know if you saw the uh, Joe Budden Isaiah Rashad interview. It's a very good interview. I've not finished with it, but I have been watching it, and it's excellent how comfortable he's making Isaiah Rashad. Yeah, it's excellent. It's excellent. Joe Budden Inter- does a very good job. It's it's excellent interviewing journalism and reporting within this hip hop community, and, and it doesn't require you to smoke weed, take shots, sound a horn interrupt people every 15 seconds tell a sidebar story that has nothing to do with what the artist wants to talk about why don't you cut some of those things out and then we can have this conversation oh man is that, my, is that uh, Drake Champs calling me? Hold on one second I doubt uh, it, I doubt it. <laughs> Mad Max with a super chat says man after 08 T.I. was done he ain't have this long run over uh, Luda like that alright come on guys when do you guys think that Luda was done? Luda was done. And I say that respectfully. I say that respectfully too, Mike. To be honest with you, I don't remember too much from Luda after that stomp verse. Yeah. Uh, LP one says, of the last things he did of notoriety in the music business. LP says, so why uh, they say that Jay won the war, Coop? It's exactly the same argument you're making for Luda and T.I. until three years ago. Jay had a better career post-beef. No, he didn't. Go pull up the catalog. You're talking musically. I think people are talking overall. Like I said, go pull up the catalog because Nas actually made more of his fortune after this point than before. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess it all depends on what what somebody would want, right? That's what I'm saying. Nas's fortune actually increased post this time. Yeah. Nas made 
okay, so if we were to rank Nas's ten best albums, because he's got like fourteen, right? You understand, like five of those would come from post this period right now. You feel what I'm saying? Right. Like five before this period, but five will come after. How can you say that? Little he made act. Best money after this. That's what I'm saying. What you want? You want money? He got, he made money after that. You want lifestyle? Well, he got married and had a kid. You want notoriety? Well, he been had that. You want albums? We got Life Is Good. We got Magic. We got KD Two. We got KD One. It's like you can't say that, dude. Distant relatives. Like people just be saying what they want to say on here sometimes, and it's cool. <laughs> but it's like make some fucking sense though. Reggie said, "R.I.P. Ray Lotto, Goodfellas, a mob movie classic." Yes. Yeah, he R. died to sleep last night. Yo, um, I want to piggyback on something you said, and I agree. Um, I think that you got to kind of. First of all, I want to know who Nori is actually, you know, directing this to. You know, like, you got to be specific with that. You can't just say that because they get a lot of guests. They get a lot of people to show them love. And I think sometimes when you don't get the love in certain areas, you kind of um, ignore the love that you're getting. They've had some legendary interviews. I mean, he's had Kanye West on his show. Kanye doesn't do a lot of interviews. It was the interview of the year, but you want to yeah. know it was the interview of the year? They actually just let him talk because his aura, his legend, and his commanding and his presence is so powerful. They let Ye talk more than they let Nas talk. Nas was on their show, I was going to say. And, the, and Nori just said he's scared to ask Jay-Z for an interview. So you're not talking about any of them. Puff has been on your show. Like, who's not on there? That you talk, who are we talking about? Like, who are they missing? No. This is what happens is, is that, like, well, here's... He's a media personality now, pretty much, Mike. He really don't rap anymore, okay? Right. If he, He's from Queens. He comes from a culture of competitiveness. This is his competitive fire coming out again. He's a competitive dude. He comes from a hip-hop culture. It's a competitive culture. He comes from one of the most, if the not the most competitive place for MCs. So I get what he is saying. I get where he is coming from. You go do better first. Then go ask for these things. I think the best person in their space is Joe Button, in my personal opinion. I was about to say, because, and, and I will say this too. Joe Button's our best interviewer right now. And yeah. as an interviewer, oh, well, you're not close to him right now. <laughs> I, you so, know, I, and I'll that, say this respectfully. I can't really watch a full Drink Champs interview. It's just, they're very long. I know our live is like, you know, three hours long right now. We're about to get off, but... It's like they just jump around so much on the subject, subject meaning the actual person they're interviewing. And sometimes if they don't let that person finish and it just gets all over the place. And then shots and it's like, it's tough to follow. Like, like I said, that uh, Joe Button interview, I was able to watch that from beginning to end. Like, it was very interesting. That's what I mean. So sometimes it can be. So I love me some tragedy Gaddafi and I love me some Conway. Right. That was a struggle for me to watch that from beginning to end. I think the one that wasn't a struggle was, like you said, the Kanye and the Pharrell. Listen to who you're talking about, Kanye, Pharrell, Nas. It's like, so, okay, so... so I didn't top. watch the Nas. I couldn't oh. get through the Wu-Tang one. I couldn't. Well, here's the thing. Hold on. At least with the Nas thing, that's what I'm saying, because it's Nas, he'll let Nas talk more than he'll talk because it's Nas. Yeah. LP says, uh, the last three years, Coop, Jay uh, fortune increased too. For the past 15 years, the consensus was Jay had a better career post-beef albums, Grammys, Net Worth, etc. 
Um, another super so chat. Really it says, Coop, I wanted to give Nas a seven on Legacy because, Coop, you wanted to give Nas a seven on Legacy because he didn't get that respect. Now nah. you're acting like the past three years has been the case for the past 20 years. It's a good point. First of, all, first of all, I never said seven. I said nine instead of 10. And when I said nine instead of 10, I said because of how you all treated him, not because of what he deserved. I said he deserves a 10. But to hear y'all tell it, he deserves a nine. So if you're going to go back and quote me, you need to quote me properly. And you need to get <laughs> shit all the way together when you come. I mean, get shit all the way I'm going to pull up the episode. I'm going to listen to it after we get off. Y'all listen to it because I said he deserves a nine. And I said the nine came from how you all treated him when he was making stuff. It was literally, go- I want you people to understand, he was going multi-platinum and doing some of the best rhyme stuff ever. And y'all were saying Jay was better. And I was saying, no, that's not true. And now we're going back and listening to the music. And guess what? I told you, Mike. When I heard I Am, I was like, oh, I was like, it's not that good, but it's not that much far off from Volume 2. Like, the people, when it came out, was acting like Volume 2 was the best album I ever made, and that I Am was a piece of trash. They both sold 3 million and 5 million, respectively, but quality-wise, Nas is a better rhymer on I Am than, than Jay is on Volume 2, and Nas is like three or four steps down as an MC. It's just what you like to hear and who you prefer and who has notoriety and popularity, and that's cool, but that don't make it better. Uh, Mad Max with the Super Chat says, Nori had Nas, LL, Yay, laughing my ass off, MC Shan. He got to be talking about Drake or Kendrick or Cole because he had Big Sean, too. Well, the thing is, he pulled David Letterman out and pulled Ellen out. None of those people you mentioned were on those shows. Like, Kendrick and Drake just don't do interviews, period. They're not going to Zane Lowe unless, you know, unless they got an interview coming up that we don't know. So um, LP says, uh, "Not y'all. I I want to get. I was going to give him a ten. LOL. Stop it." Uh, Jay Short says, "Nori had a reggaeton run. Wrong messenger. <laughs> that is funny. So yeah, are we talking about reggaeton culture. Are we talking about black culture. I don't know. I'm about to say, what are we? Th- I even bought a fact. It's like, well, he's half Puerto Rican and half black. Is this like the, you know, like the uh, which culture are we talking about, right? The melting pot culture of NYC. I mean, that's what I'm saying. What are we talking about? Yeah, because you and I know so many people on top. Mike, I got Dominican friends, Puerto yeah, Rican, black and brown. Right. Uh, Billy Barr says we don't really watch Joe Button in NYC, fellas. Nori gets lit, but he's still that dude who keeps it real. Okay, Brooklyn boy says. Uh, real. I hate when people say those generalized terms these days. Like, I don't know what he's keeping real. Brooklyn Boy so, says, thick producer catalog. Pharrell versus Kanye. Who wins? Uh, I'm a big Neptune fan and Pharrell doesn't want that smoke. No, he doesn't. And that's if he plays Brambleton and let the smoker shine the coop. He still don't want that smoke. Well, let's get up out of here, man. We are like three-something hours in. and uh, We are Hold on, but while we're on a producer thing, I think maybe we should end with that Pete Rock thing that you sent me since we're on the producer tip. with the Well, Pete Rock said the drill music is trash. Mm, that's um, for all you guys that are saying 50 inspired that. Pete Rock said it was trash. How you feeling about your inspiration now? Yeah. Up top. Oh, you, do you agree with Pete Rock? How you feeling up top? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, I want you... to hear all those up top people saying 50 influenced the drill music. How you feel about Pete Rock saying that it's trash? Well, this is what Pete Rock, this is what Pete Rock said. Let me read what he said real quick. Please do. He yes. said, good morning, drill rap, that's trash hop, not hip hop. I've been told that y'all about all, I'm sorry. I've been told y'all about this shit, this kind of shit. 
I don't care. Call me whatever you want. But the kind of hip-hop, this kind of hip-hop is doo-doo. And it's disrupting the soul. I told y'all already, man. LOL. Nobody speaks up on this trash. Drill rap is not even for the birds or the streets. It's a result of greed, people with no talent, and destruction of the culture. Y'all never see the play when it's happening and everybody complains but does not speak up and say a word. Now this. This is how we're going out. It's on social media, but but who really is promoting this? Talk about that. Shaking my head. Who was all these guys in the chat saying inspired this whole drill thing that Pete Rock's talking about? And who more reputable, Pete Rock or 50? Go ahead. I'm going to let y'all have it. I want everybody to just set Do up. Do you agree with Pete Rock on that? I don't think. Okay, so it's not fair to call our subgenres trash. Yeah. I'm very, very leery about calling subgenres trash. Yeah, especially in different generations. You might just have a lack of understanding of it's, it. It's, it's a different generation, but let yeah. me tell you what he is speaking to. He is speaking about not hearing any artistic integrity or creativity or supreme lyrical ability going on, which are the things that 50 has something to do with. Because then y'all just say he's the one that helped inspire this. So what Pete Rock is taking issue is actually that step down that I'm talking about that 50 is because it's not at the level that Pete Rock expects hip hop to be for a talent and creative driven genre. He thinks it's watered down. Well, you all just gave mention to the guy who helped water it down and said she thought you were doing it the right way. And that's why I keep trying to tell you his influence ain't like what you think. He's not influencing things in a positive way. He hasn't made hip hop better. And on top of that, he trolls people at their weakest stage. impact is impact, though, even if it's not making it better. He made a great album, and I'm forever going to give him that one great album. The rest of the shit is some mid, Mike. LP says Coop is a thousand percent right. But it's all in hindsight. That was never the consensus. This channel was literally built off giving Nas his proper due. Uh, Carlo says, the South created Soldier Boy, Coop. Stop it. What's wrong with Soldier Boy? Soldier Boy, <laughs> get money. <laughs> Listen, no, this, is boy my, this is my hold sentiment. On, hold on. How y'all, y'all going to hate on Soldier Boy but love 50? 50 loves what Soldier Boy did for the game and has spoken about it. He told he said, 50 has actually done an interview saying Soldier Boy is the one that changed shit. Rusty Nail says Pete Rock is oh. an old hater. Aren't 50 Cent and Soldier Boy on the cover of Double XL together? Yeah, they are. Right, right, right. I mean, both very impactful. I think that the thing is, like you said, calling somebody's expression trash and not really delving into why this form is to be and what these, you know, these young people are going through to make this stuff. I think that's a little get off my lawn-ish. And again, Pete Rock's one of my favorite producers, period. I love Pete Rock. But, you know, I don't totally agree with this sentiment. I don't. And just because I don't love a certain subgenre, I'm not going to sit there and knock it without trying to understand it. That yeah, makes any sense. I don't, I, don't, I don't love the whole drill thing, but I'm not going to say like, oh, you dudes are trash. LP so, says, I, Pete said the same thing about the South. I don't know what a quote is, but I can't find Pete Rock working with the South that much either. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. DiCarlo says, uh, Soldier's, biggest, Soldier's the biggest influence of all time. I'm sorry. Soldier is the biggest influence of all that. I can see that. Pretty big. Yeah. All right, let's get up out of here, man. Y'all enjoy yeah. your weekend. It's been a great time uh, hollering at y'all. I don't know what we got coming up Wednesday, but I know we got something. Make sure we got you go one more get... super chat. Mad Max with one more super chat. Oh, Mad Max with one more super chat before we go. 
We're going to be watching these NBA finals and stuff too. LOL, Coop bring up the Pete Rock talk about uh, how 50 degraded hip-hop, but Wayne ain't have a bad effect on hip-hop. Uh, what he got? People rapping about drugs and female parts at every bar, laughing my ass off like, come on. Yeah, I mean, you know, hold on. listen, listen hold on. this is Let's where I, this up. is the first thing my mind went to when I read what Pete Rock said. Let's back up. I went, my mind went to Niggas for Life by N.W.A. <laughs> now, if we're going to sit here and complain about some of these things, people need to sit down, listen to N.W.A., Niggas for Life with your kids. That's stronger than I was about to say. I've already told said this live on this show. I refuse to play Niggas for Life with my daughter in the car. One of the songs came on randomly one day late last year, and I immediately just had to jump and skip. My daughter's 15 and ain't no fool, and we come from a line of a certain thing, so it ain't like she don't know what time it is, but the stuff on there, Mike. It's the stuff on there. Right. It's too much. I don't think and, there's anything that people could complain about in current hip-hop if they haven't addressed that. This exactly. And understand this. It's like, well, no, I'm not high on Wayne like everybody else is either, just like I'm not high on 50 like everybody else is. But here's what I will tell you about Wayne. He survived more errors than 50. He got here before 50. He stayed after 50. He's still viable right now. He's a better MC. He's a better album maker. And so he might be just as ignorant, but what he has proven himself to be before, during, and after is a better music artist. How about that? Reggie says, NY gave us 6-9. You're welcome. And on that note, we're out of here. Stop that. Good night. DiCarlo says, two live crew too, Mike. Yeah. Ooh, nasty as you want to be? Yeah. But Niggas for Life is next level. It's niggas so, for Life yeah. is next Yeah. Uh, LP says, hustle over bars uh, starts with no limit. Nah. Mm. I, I think that's the biggest Hold on. blaring one. But. My man Gary Austin, who was my best friend in high school, who was a big No Limit fan, Will they claim to this too? I wasn't big on No Limit when they had their run either. I wasn't either. Quality. I didn't like it. Yeah. I, I like the like Murder's either. album. I like Mystical's album. I like Ghetto, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to holler at y'all. Y'all have a great weekend.